Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hispanics causing panics. Hispanics are causing panic, baby. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of HCP Uncensored. I'm your host, G Funky Boxing, joined always by my co-host right below me, D-Style Boxing, who is shortly getting ready to be right above me. There we go. And, of course, we got 97 Rough from Leave It In The Ring. What's going on, man? Good to have you here, man. Hey, happy birthday, first off, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. And we have a special guest here, uh, Ernie Gavion from Everlast. Thanks for being here, man. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Anytime, man. I want to go ahead and uh, say what's up to some people that are here already in the chat. We got Run PMC says, what's up, G-Funk? What's going on, man? Chicano Prophet is here, says HCP. The GOAT says, listen and playing th- uh, Madden. <laughs> Hey, thanks for showing up, man. We appreciate it. Make sure you guys get this out uh, to all the social medias and everything out there uh, so everybody can go ahead and give us a a listen and everything. So let's go ahead and start off with this, man. If you can, Ernie, uh, just go ahead and let us know what it is that you do, or or at least the the listeners out there who don't know who you are, haven't heard of you or anything. Let them know what it is that you do for Everlast, man. Uh, just for Everlast, because I, I also work for Golden Boy, too. Every, Golden Boy, everything, yeah. every, go ahead, everything, man. Let it all out. <laughs> okay. Well, for Everlast specifically, I am um, the marketing, the marketing rep. rep. Um, basically, what I do is I take care of all the fighters um, as far as providing training equipment, um, You know, taking care of their glove needs. Sometimes we'll take care of their outfits. Um, also work with the promoters and the managers and um, – been doing this since 2008 and i've had uh countless world champions i've seen kids from zero fights all the way to their championship belts uh seen it all and i've done it all and um just recently in 2019 i uh, was hired on by golden boy promotions um my longtime mentor robert diaz and i had always had uh, uh, a vision of working together and finally the opportunity came became um, when they um, had a need for someone who would be a good conduit between the offices, the executives, uh, Golden Boy staff, and the fighters. Um, since I have such a good rapport with managers and fighters and so forth, uh, they felt 
the need was a, a, a perfect fit for me and went through the interview process. And in October of 2019, I was hired on for Golden Boy Promotions and I still work both jobs. Uh, it's been hectic at times because, you know, it's basically boxing doesn't sleep. It, it's a 24-7 sport. And, you know, sometimes you'll get the requests uh, for, for, you know, it's almost like working two full-time jobs. But the goal that I had always set, well, I'd set myself for um, to be able to make boxing my sole livelihood came to fruition in 2019. So uh, a lot of people out there who have a passion for not only boxing, but working in the industry, um, you know, you plug, plug away hard enough, it does actually happen. You know, it, it, you know it's, it's not, it's tough. It's a tough road. Sometimes you really do doubt yourself or you doubt that this is going to come to fruition, but you know, it, it did, and I don't do anything else but work in boxing. So um, it's kind of a dream. It's actually not kind of. It is a dream come true. You, just to add really quick with uh, what Ernie was saying is uh, Ernie um, used to fend off a lot of the trolls in the beginning before, like, YouTube and everything. He was key control the boxing scene forum. He's also was part of, uh, you know, leaving the ring. He did the uh, boxing lab. He was the host of it. So oh, yeah. this is nothing new, <laughs> nothing new for Ernie and stuff. Yeah, and I was the head admin for Max Boxing's message boards. I was, you know, I was the one who took care of all the trolls and mods and admins and stuff like that. And then I started working videography for both Max Boxing and Boxing Scene. And uh, yeah. then we started doing the radio shows. Thanks to Dave, he got me my start in as far as radio shows are concerned. We did the Boxing Lab. With myself, Luis Sandoval, and Ryan Burton, um, we had a multitude of guests. Any guests you got short of Floyd Mayweather? We actually once had Manny Pacquiao on. Uh, we've had everybody. We've had Golovkin before. He really shot up the the the, the fans' um, adoration meter. Uh, we've you name it, we've had it, and um, yeah, it was a great ride. And it got a little stale uh, as soon as Everlast started really, you know, taking off again. Uh, right around 2012 is when I stopped all like media stuff and and just ended up, um, you know, focusing solely on Everlast. And then at the time, my day job. And then when the Golden Boy opportunity came, I jumped all over it. And so I've been non-media since 2012, and you know, focused yeah. on on just you know taking care of the fighters since 2008. And just to add uh, again, you know. Uh, Ernie was one of the first guys that gave me a shot off of YouTube, see me on YouTube. I wanted to do some interviews. And uh, like, so when I, first time I went to Southern California, it was Ernie that was actually setting up a lot of the interviews, like my first interview with uh, Margarito. So he's a great guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have, us, have him on with us, man, today. Yeah, he's just another way of him saying I'm old. <laughs> we're all old on this panel man you're not the only <laughs> so um yeah man so as, as far as some of the fighters under golden boy you say you work with golden boy um yes we just had uh a big uh, step up in competition for one of their best prospects so we consider now a, le a, a legit contender after his win virgil ortiz uh yes. what, what are your thoughts on him uh, first off, he's a great kid. Um, I think uh, what um, kind of gravitates me towards him a, a lot more than normal is that he, he kind of marches to his own beat, uh, doesn't necessarily kind of fit the, the stereotypical uh, pattern of today's fighters. 
and he, he you know he, he's a little bit of a different brand a different breed and and he's really focused and he's a big time family man him and his father and his brother are really close and tight-knit and uh, great kid out of the ring killer inside of the ring i mean you can just just see it in his eyes and you know he looks like he's really into the to the to the combat you know when he's once he steps into the ring it's it's just you know tunnel vision and, and extreme focus and and you know his narrative is to get someone out you know preferably as quick as possible if not you know he'll set it up to where eventually he's going to get to you and and um you know i think the ceiling is 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 untapped with him it, it's you know it, it, the sky really is the limit with this kid he he, he possesses um one of the vast, you know, one of the, the best array of punches in the welterweight division. Um, you know, he's still learning. He's still growing. He's his frame. If you've seen him before his, you know, natural ascent to welterweight, you know, he looked like a scrawny kid. But now when you see him, his back is widened. He's got, a, you know, a lot of the man strength that, you know, we talk about when you see young fighters. He's got a lot of that going. Uh, he's dedicated in the ring. He's out, off fight with, you know, really nothing on the horizon just yet. And he's already back in the gym. He did a live stream of his, you know, kind of shaking out a little bit yesterday. Total gym rat. Um, doesn't really do any partying. Doesn't, you know, drink. Doesn't smoke. Uh, you know, he's very, like I said, he's very close to his family. So, you know, one of the things that that really endears me to him is that, you know, he sees uh, the whole picture for himself. And it's not necessarily all business decisions and stuff like that. It, he just wants to truly be great. and and can't fault the kid for that yeah we're all real excited about young virgil ortiz and uh the way he's been looking been improving every single fight um and this fight here i really want to see him you know take a couple shots we knew that hooker is a guy who's really i think hooker's a really good fighter uh had the height and reach advantage i think he's very underrated you know i think um he's never embarrassed himself in the ring uh, he's been in some tough fights, you know, the, the, even in the loss with the Ramirez, you know, against Ramirez, you know, it was a back and forth affair and, you know, he just kind of succumbed to, to Ramirez's will, but I don't think he did anything to embarrass himself. And even in the Ortiz fight, he did nothing to embarrass himself. And, uh, you know, he, he, he showed himself to be worthy of, of the challenge and, and worthy to be considered, you know, a contender at welterweight and you know it, it, if you know not necessarily top 10 maybe just outside of it you know he's he's a really game fighter and and this was a really solid test for for virgil to see where he's at as far as the the upper echelon of welterweights yeah i agree man i knew hooker was gonna you know gonna be able to get in there and land some shots and that's what i really wanted to see was was it was he be able to take a good punch and he took several good punches and gave several back uh, dropped him with a body shot and, um, you know, uh, Hooker ended up breaking in his hand and uh, was forced to retire in that one. But really good fight. And I agree with you. I do think that Hooker is underrated big time. Yeah. Um, it's a good uh, win for anybody. At, at, if, if you have a win over Hooker, it's a good win. You know, it, it's it's a resume builder, um, you know, and, and hopefully we, we keep the ascension going for Virgil. And by the way, he's also an Everlast athlete, so. I, I get to double, I get to double dip with that one. Right, right. Well, hey, let me ask you this, because the criticism with boots with a lot of folks was that Lippins, I thought it was a, a it was a real test. But then there was a lot of folks saying, well, Lippins a small guy. He jumped up. PBC does this and that. 
and I know you're a Boots guy. Is it? Can you compare the two? I mean, I thought they were both very good tests for both young men to step up. Or am I wrong about that? No, I, I think you're 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 right in the sense that it's test. But I think with Lipanets, it's a little bit more about experience than than physicality. Whereas Hooker um, matched up really well physically with Virgil. You could see the size differential between Hooks uh, um, to between Boots and and Lipanets. You know it. it you know. Lipanets's experience did provide a, a good outlet to see just whether or not Ennis could uh, adapt and recover. And, and he had been so dominant in every opponent that he's faced. Well, now you have someone who's a one-time champion. Um, you know, he, he's a tough out. He, he's going to, you know, he's very disciplined in the ring. Um, very, you know, he's a pressure fighter. He's going to keep coming at you. And Boots did really well to handle himself. I mean, he, he executed his game plan well. Didn't get phased, you know. He got clipped a couple of times, and he didn't get phased at all, um, you know. And and managed to take out Lipinets. Now, you know, is is it, you know, is a large part of that due to size? I mean, you can make the the argument. Lipinets is a small fighter. He was even small if you compare him to fighting Mikey Garcia at the time. You know, so it, it you know, he's a small framed kid. You know, it, it, but still, it shouldn't take the shine away from Ennis. Ennis is clearly going to be the cream of the crop top two top three guys you're going to start talking about ennis versus ortiz the same way we talk about crawford versus spence you know it's going to yeah we're going to start clamoring for that fight in the not so distant future you know i i think you know two three fights for each guy and we start really thinking well let's start doing ennis versus ortiz and see where you know where the chips lay i agree i've been saying this uh since the beginning of the new year that those two guys are going to bring back the welterweight division because, in my opinion, welterweight's been very disappointing. We're not getting a lot of the guys at the top to fight. Um, like you said, Spence Crawford, who knows if that's even going to happen. We're hearing Crawford's not even interested anymore from what he's saying, but I feel like I've worked with I've worked with Butt since his fifth fight, and what he says, he means. I, I guarantee you right now 100%, if he says he's not interested in fighting Earl, he's not. He He's a very determined um, not hard headed. I don't think he's hard headed at all. Because I, I, I mean, we have a great relationship. Um, he's just a very determined person, and if you discourage him from the path that he's willing to take, well, he doesn't want to take it anymore. And and you know, whatever politics you know, happened or jumped in, you can take both sides and sit there and say, well, you know, PBC's this. Well, Top Rank's that. You know, Top Rank never promoted him. PBC's afraid to jump their fighters over to another promotion. All the all the little angles that we want to argue. In the end, I have one hundred percent confidence that both Spence and Crawford would fight each other, given the circumstances where they could just not have to to have politics in the way. The problem is, is that you know. People are, you know, both sides are probably accustomed to what they're used to and, and what they're they're used to getting and to kind of give and take a little bit they're not willing to do. And, and if you're not willing to do it and you're determined such as Bud and such as Earl, then there's no collision course for them to happen. They're, they're, they're willing to, to move off that path and find other challenges. You know, and the unfortunate thing is that you know, we may see Bud not be able to fight any other PBC guy simply because the one PBC guy that everybody wants to, him to fight in Spence 
you know, that's not happening. So what's to say that, you know, the other guy said, well, you know what? I don't want to fight him either. I'm good. So, you know, the one thing, the one tough thing with Bud is that there's not a whole lot of um, viable options for him now. Now in the future, yeah. I was going to ask you, so where does he go from here then? If if, if, if that's not, yeah, I mean, if he's gone and passed that, where does he go? I think he's maybe he hopes for the uh, Taylor Ramirez winner since they're both within the same promotion top rank. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, sooner or later, you know, Ramirez moves up in weight, you know, should he win? I think that's a natural fight to make. Um, same thing. I, I'm not sure, you know, if the ceiling is the same for Taylor, I, I don't know a lot about him, you know, other than the fact that I've seen, you know, a handful of his fights and he's a great fighter, but I'm not sure how hard it is for him to make 140. I know it's getting tougher for Ramirez and, you know, he's just, he's starting to mature into his natural adult body. So, you know, 147 is, is to me a logical choice for him and it becomes now uh, a possible matchup between he and Bud. So I don't know if Bud would wait out that, but I think that's probably his only natural big fight option. Should things stay the same like this? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, 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 you know, it's disappointing that these that we can't get these fights made anymore, and that's why I've been pushing that you know Ortiz and uh, and Boots can be put on that collision course, and we get that super fight that boxing hasn't had in years now. You know, I yep. think that those two guys can be that, and um, I think that's what we need for boxing. We need a big event yeah. like that with two boxers. You know, yeah, and, welterweight yeah. division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, with Golden Boy, we're not afraid to to you know fight cross promotion. Um, you know, we've, uh, Joette, uh, Gonzalez fought Mariaga on a top rank card. Joshua Frankel won a title on a top rank card. So we don't fear, you know, inviting other promotions into the dance, into the fray. Um, you know, we welcome it in fact, because if, if our promotion company truly is the best, we've got to be able to not worry about, you know, who's on the other side of the pond. Will we, this make this fight make sense. If, one of our fighters wants another fighter. We'll take it on. I mean, we're we're not afraid of that at all. So, I don't fear, you know, Ortiz going out into the water simply because, you know, he's happy with us and and uh, we're willing to take on challenges and we're willing we're we're willing to put him out there to prove that he's the best fighter at welterweight. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Getting out there and we got to just we, we got to get the fans to get this thing out of their head where if a fighter takes a loss that they're just done. They're no good anymore. Like but that's that's something that we deal with all the time here on YouTube. I don't know if you <laughs> if you zeros, deal with that. Yeah, it, the sad part is zeros mean too much to yeah. to the fans. I don't think they mean nearly as much as to a fighter. Um, you know, I don't think Marco Barrera was nearly as good I mean, he's always been an action fighter, but he got smarter when after the two losses to Junior Jones, and became more educated with his jab. He became more of a boxer. You know, if the the if the the openings were right, he'd go and attack and so forth. But um, you know, it, a loss doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world. In fact, you know, quite the opposite. It could be a learning experience. If it's you know, if it's devastating for you to lose then boxing is going to be the wrong sport for you because you know what? Everybody eventually loses except for, you know, of course the, the select few. Absolutely true. I mean, look at Diego Corrales, which he was a good friend of yours. And uh, I mean, the guy is a, is a legend. Yeah. That's a prime example. 
Diego from my hometown too, Sacramento, man. Rest in peace mm -hmm. to Diego Corrales, man. Um, great fighter. You get me all emotional, Dave, bringing up Corrales, you know? <laughs> I'll be actually up. Uh, my daughter just got accepted to Berkeley, so we'll be up north a lot more. All right. Oh, right. yeah. Congratulations, yeah. bro. I saw that, man. Uh, thank Congratulations. You. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. She earned it. Don't congratulate me. Congratulate her. She earned it. She did Absolutely. all the work. <laughs> we just. Yeah. We just we just raised the luck. We're 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 the lucky parents who raised her. There you go. There you go, brother. Yeah. So before we get into some glove talk, um, yeah. I want to ask you about another hot name out of Golden Boy, and that's King Ryan, Ryan Garcia. Um, <laughs> he's got a fight with uh, Javier Fortuna in the yes. summertime, I think. So um, great fight. What you, yeah. What are your initial thoughts on that? I think it's a great fight myself too. I think it's a. Fantastic fight. I think short of Teofimo Lopez, he's, you know, Ryan Garcia has now faced the toughest competition in Javier Fortuna. I mean, you know, Haney's got a, a, a live dog in front of him in Linares. It, actually, you know what? To be nice about it, I'll say Haney's now stepped up. He's faced a real foe. You know, that's, that's a guy who's going to come to win. I'm telling you right now, Jorge's sharp. If you've seen him, some of the videos he's been posting, he's looking crisp. Uh, you know, people yeah. who say he's too slow for Haney are going to be surprised at how quick he is. You know, if he was able to touch the matrix and drop him, you know, what's to say he can't he can't do the same to Haney? And as far as Ryan's concerned, his ascension now is starting to become, you know, bigger and bigger. Uh, people thought Luke Campbell was a challenge, and he was. Um, Ryan, the one thing that he showed, he showed grit, determination. He showed a, a willingness to get right back into the fray, into the mix, and and. He got his opponent out, you know, and surprisingly, he got his opponent out with a body shot. A lot of people didn't see that, you know, that aspect in him, and he did it. So now this is the evolution of Ryan Garcia, and he's facing a, a, a different type of fighter. You know, Javier Fortuna is smaller in stature, but he's very quick, very, very uh, elusive, and, and can mix it up with him and, and has a little bit of pop himself. So this is just uh, 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 the progression that, that you know, we see in Ryan Garcia and, and Hopefully we get it into a big venue. Hopefully, you know, all the restrictions get lifted and we can have an actual huge audience rather than kind of the sparse ones we've been having. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though. We, we had, I think, 25% capacity for Ortiz Hooker, and it sounded like we had 100% capacity. It was just raucous because I think the fans are really missing the live action and, and what better way to kind of open the floodgates a little bit than having Garcia come back with what I think is his toughest opponent to date. Yeah, I think Fortuna, I mean, a lot of people look at him and they say, this is what I've been hearing, that he's unskilled and he can't box. But even if that's true, let's just say, people I don't say think, Fortuna I don't think that's true. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People talk <laughs> a lot of trash about him. I think I think he's one of those guys. He's, he's always going to be a tough foul because he's one of those guys. He's got power, obviously, but he doesn't give a damn where he hits you. He don't have to hit nope. you on the jaw or the body. He'll hit you wherever he can hit you, and it's gonna hurt, mm -hmm. man. So yeah. he's he's a tough guy, man. He's not an easy fight for anybody, in my opinion. No, it's gonna be a, a real quick litmus litmus test for for Ryan. You know, he's got to be able to uh, think cerebrally. You know how he's gonna attack Fortuna because Fortuna's not gonna give him the same type of look or options that Luke Campbell did. You know, he's gonna give him some real difficult angles he's going to punch from different angles he's going to yeah. throw unorthodox shots it's going to be i really think it's going to be a, a, a big test for ryan and, and um i think he passes it i think he'll 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 do just fine now he may not 
get the knockout because, you know, Fortuna is pretty, you know, pretty tough customer. But I do think he's victorious and, and, you know, it sets up the big fight between, you know, I would say the May 22nd winner versus the July 9th winner needs to clash. Haney, Leonidas, Ryan Garcia, and, and Fortuna, I think the winners need to clash. You know, so that way they can now stake a claim in, in being um, a natural opponent for, the, you know, for the undisputed fighter, Teofimo Lopez. Absolutely. I was being so tough on that kid, if you remember Ernie, and, and uh-huh. you were on, and, and Diaz, remember, uh-huh. and I was like, I just wanted him to see this kid step up. And I got to admit, I mean, eating my words, he's stepping up. These are some major step-ups. You know, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, if you think about Ryan's career, he did take a a different road than most. He wasn't given – he wasn't given, um, you know, a a, a silver spoon. He wasn't given big signing bonuses – he earned his way through. I mean, he fought in Tijuana. Uh, granted, you know, the quality of opponent may not be the best out there, but he earned it the hard way. And and eventually, you know, people recognize that, you know, one, this kid's good looking. Two, he's got actual ability. So, you know, what differentiated him early on from a lot of the other, like if you see a lot of these kids with the flashy combos on Instagram and they do these reels and, all these mitt things, you know, 45 jab combinations. And, it, you know, it, it does bring attention. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There are promoters out there who pay attention to that. Right. What separated yeah. Ryan from, from other ones, I won't even name names because I don't like doing that. It's not my thing. Right. Is that he actually had ability to fight. He had really fast hands and knockout power. So that itself combined with his looks, combined with the ability to attract a different audience, you know, made him a star. And now he's trying to, you know, he's just successfully proving the point that he is the star that, that everybody, you know, kind of envisioned. So speaking of, of that, I want to talk about, we just had an event last weekend with a YouTube celebrity. I, I, I don't even, <laughs> I can't even believe that I'm saying that a YouTube celebrity, but <laughs> He is what he is, you know, Jake Paul. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're hearing he did some good numbers on pay-per-view. Uh, yeah. Now, now Ryan himself is a guy who's got a big following when it comes to social media. In your opinion, if if he was to be on pay-per-view in the future, do you think he could do good numbers like that, like a Jake Paul? Yeah, because he's got that 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 quality that you can't sell and that there, there are going to be a lot of people who, who watch him because they want him to win and they're fans of his. But there is a bunch of people who want to watch, tune in to watch him lose, much like how Floyd. There was a lot of people who tuned in because they're fans. But there was a lot of people also who who wanted to see him lose. And so you would tune in on the hating aspect of that and 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 sadly be disappointed. But he's also got that ability to, um, you know, attract the haters and, and make the haters watch. You know, some... Some people, when you know, when their critiques of fighters, won't watch them. You know, there there are fighters who I don't really like, and then I won't watch them. I just I don't care to watch them. I don't want to um, line their pockets, or, and even if it's just one fan, if I'm not a supporter of them, I won't watch it. You know, but there are people who gravitate towards Ryan so much they don't like him, so they'll watch just to see if just that one time that he loses, or you know, when he got knocked down, Twitter went crazy. You know, Twitter practically blew up blew up when he got knocked down and you know you that's kind of you know case exhibit a 
of, of how people really want to see him kind of, you know, fail and they'll pay to fail, watch him fail. And and so, yeah, he's <laughs> probably if, if there was a pay-per-view attraction for the future, it is probably Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Um, so there was a, a possibility of him. We kept hearing things about him fighting Pacquiao next after he beat no. Campbell or Tank. Were that those even have- realistic or what? I don't think it would have happened, and and it, it the the reason why I say it in this manner is because I don't I'm not sure if there was an ability to have it done in a venue where both can meet. Uh, it, that's I know it's very cryptic, but it 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 kind of describes the situation that happens if you're going to fight Manny Pacquiao. From what I understand, you know, well, Oscar said fight- on the zone, uh, I think earlier today. That he spoke to thirty people, to, to that, but he still couldn't even get to Pacquiao to no. even get negotiations going. Well, that's part of the issue. Also, there's, you know, from what I understand, there are doubts as to whether or not Pacquiao can fight stateside. Um, I know he's had some tax issues before. That's kind of prevented him from tra- doing training camps out here. So, you know, from from what I've heard. You know, there's there's possibility that man he can't really fight in the U.S. So, a Ryan fight would have had to have but been overseas, and the timing of it would have been you know you would have had to move quick, get some venue. You know, we don't you know uh, uh, you know I'm, I, we don't want to jump into another Joshua Fury thing where you know we're getting daily updates of who's drinking coffee with Tyson Fury, <laughs> who, who who's you know the Compton Indoor Swap Meet is now in the running for for the fight and. You know, it's just this whole this whole daily, you know, barrage of, of information when all we really need to do is say fight's done. Here's the venue. Here's the date. That's all I really need to hear. And and I think we would have ran into the same situation had a Manny Pacquiao fight really been on the table. And I don't think it. I mean, I think it was just maybe some wishful thinking. You know, there was the rumor that it was going to be an exhibition. Then someone said, no, 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 it's going to be a real fight. But in the end, I, I, I think what what people want it versus what they could actually do were two different things. And, you know, and to be honest with you, I, I think this, you know, this Fortuna fight is something is, is plenty, plenty of imp- enough for, for Ryan to, to really kind of bolster his resume. Yeah. So I want to ask you some questions now about uh, Everlast and some of the gloves. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm no expert in this field at all, but I have put but on different types of Yes, yes, you are. Exactly. And that's why I got you here. <laughs> Let me turn on the I've, light real quick. Sure, sure. I've, right. uh, I've put on gloves. I've put on different types of gloves before when I was young in the gym, training and stuff like that. Um, but we have issues sometimes with fans that don't really know much about gloves. So um, as far as Everlast goes, do you guys – I feel weird asking this question, but do you guys make more than one type of glove? Are there different stuff that goes inside of gloves? Because people think that there's just one type of glove that just goes all around the boxing world. Okay, so okay, <laughs> I, okay, so let me temper this by saying I won't talk about any other else's brand, whether good or bad or, or anything like that. I'm not going to shit on them. It's not my style. Um, they can shit on me all they want. I don't care. They can shit on my brand all they want. I don't care. Um, I won't do that. I'm not going to stoop to that. So what I'll say is we have... Uh, MX Paralock 1910 um, Elite. And so we're to, currently we have four different brand, we have four different models. We have the MX glove, which is our Mexican glove. It's a foam horsehair uh, combination. 
with a, a soft plant, what we call planchetta leather. It's a, it's a, it's a softer leather than, than um, your normal glove, which is a regular rawhide. But, um, we also have our elite, which is kind of similar to the MX, but with a harder uh, shell, harder, harder leather. We have our power lock, which is a um, all foam glove with a detachable thumb so that you can have a, a, a free roaming thumb. And then we have our new glove, which is uh, the 1910. Uh, that's a remake of, of an older glove we had. Uh, we streamlined it. It's a thinner profile. Um, it's, it's got the detachable thumb for, for, for that way. So that way you can like, comfortably tuck it underneath. Um, that's an all foam glove. So we have four models. We have a fifth one coming out. We're waiting, you know, final development to, to send out. But um, yeah, so we have four different models of fight gloves. Now we also have umpteen different models of, of training gloves. Um, ranging from kids all the way up to professionals. But those are the four models of fight gloves we have. I want to ask you a question here uh, really quick. The, the MX glove, it seems to be uh, a quote-unquote, not in my opinion, but according to some YouTubers on here, uh, a controversial glove that should be illegal, right? Um, what, what, can, can you describe the MX glove? Why would a boxer want to wear MX gloves? And what process did, did do you guys go through to make sure a glove is, can be legally used in a, in a professional price fight? Okay, so the MX glove is a foam and horsehair glove. Um, it's handmade in Mexico. It's actually made in Mexico. It's not, it's not, we don't call it MX and make it in Indonesia. It's actually handmade in Mexico. Um, it uses a softer leather, like I just described earlier. Um, it's what's known as a tech pack is what's the inside so now a lot of people think that you know you open you you sew up a glove you stuff stuff in it and there's your glove but no it's actually not like quite like that it's actually a glove is made up of a tech pack which is a, a kind of a nylon insert um that has different compartments where you put different th materials in it once that that tech pack is created then it slides inside of, inside of the glove and then it's sewed up, and 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 so now you get the the, the actual layout of a glove. Um, the controversy around it is that it is a soft glove, but it is also a combination of foam and horsehair. Now there are another there are other brands who also make uh, a combination of foam and horsehair gloves. Um, you know that that emulate kind of what we do, and you know there's no controversy with that. But I, I do understand. I think it all stemmed from um, the Maidana uh, Mayweather yes. thing, you know. And and, and it, it's it's gained notoriety since. Um, you know, I was actually right in the middle of all that. I was actually at the glove selection when it all went down, and I and I get it. You know, I, I understand the concerns about it. I also understand that you know it's prob it's by far our most popular glove. Um, you know, people. You know, a lot of fighters prefer it. Uh, I will say, if you don't have the best hand wrappers in the game, try not to use it. Um, you know, we are very, very, very um, cautious and careful with that glove above all because we know that there's a lot of scrutiny under that glove. So we always, constantly, if there's, um, you know, concerns about it, we we pull samples and we send them, you know, to our our place in New York, our headquarters in New York, to go over them to see if there's an issue with QC, if the composite's not quite right, things like that. If we, we scrutinize our glove more so than fans do. 
Okay. Yes. If, if so, I could follow up a little bit with that, if, uh, if sure. you don't mind, Bunky. So, um, as far as that that glove goes, right? Because um, you mentioned that the Mayweather Maidana situation, right? Mm -hmm. all, all I hear fans talk about is, oh, they tried to fight Mayweather with a glove with quote unquote no padding, right? Uh -huh. As far as as far as you know, was that a regular Amex glove, like the the first, you know, the ones that had like the Argentine cutter on them? Um, uh, it's and, and not as far as I know. It's, okay. Excuse me. It's it's not as far as I know. I know for a fact. So now here's the thing with this: okay. we do not custom make gloves. We don't we don't adjust padding for fighters. We don't move padding around. We don't lighten it here or anything like that. We've had asks because. There are other companies who will move padding around for fighters. It, you know, it's one of the, to me, it's one of the underbellies of, of, of the sport where I think, you know, a fighter will go, hey, can you lessen the padding here? So that way I get more impact and, and fight, you know, and companies will do it. As far as we're concerned, if you do not like that MX glove in its entirety, don't fight. Don't it. fight. We're not going to adjust the padding. We're not going to move things around for you. A stock MX glove and a custom colored MX glove are made up of the same things. There, there's no difference in the in the composite and the makeup. The only difference between an, uh, a a stock MX glove, which is black, red, or white, versus someone who's custom colored theirs, um, it could be any colors or any designs or anything like that. Um, the only difference is in the coloring or in the design of it. Um, but the composite and the makeup of it is all the same throughout. And we make sure that it's that. And we go one step further with our custom color gloves in that we will QC them. We'll, once they're done, we'll send them straight to uh, to our, our headquarters in, in New York. We weigh them. We look at them. We make sure that they're 100% they're, they're, um, in compliance with what we look for. And we, we send them out. Now, with sending them out, if it's for a title fight, Generally, we'll send them to the promoters and, and lock them. Nevada is a little bit different. And this is where these guys who talk about conspiracies and the simply do not know this process. For gloves in Nevada, the commission wants the gloves for title fights sent to them by Wednesday of that week. So they don't even touch, they, they don't touch the fighters. They don't touch the promoters. They go straight to the commission. So there's, there's kind of no wiggle room as to you know any you know monkey business as far as a glove is concerned because they are now sent straight to the commissions in nevada so this whole conspiracy theory thing kind of made me laugh because i was like there's really no no wiggle room for this for even to be happening and and you know they move off of one thing to another thing egg from egg weights to fury's long sleeves pushing his gloves down to what was it team fury's camera being turned off you know it, all these conspiracy theories but you know, one thing that that I think is if 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 you don't find a conspiracy theory and, and you go all the way back to the manufacturer, well, we take that very serious. You know, I, I'm sure every company from from ourselves to Reyes to Grant, you know, if there's you know questions about tomfoolery in our gloves, well, we take that very serious. You know, and and, and you know if you can't prove it at at a fighter or or, or a promotion level then it all the way goes back to the manufacturer and we we make sure that all of our gloves are in compliance we make sure that our gloves are no different than our custom color gloves are no different than stock ones 
we, we make sure that there's an even playing field because it, I personally would feel bad is say if we custom padded a glove, an MX glove for one of our key fighters and we gave a stock pair of MX gloves to his opponent. Well, this fighter now has an added advantage because he's got padding the way exactly he wants it. And, and that's an unfair thing. We want to keep a, a playing field as level as possible. The only thing we do differently is if our fighter wants some custom colors and we have the time to do it, we'll do it. But yeah, we, we won't, we won't put two pit two fighters against each other without it at least being an even playing field. One more follow-up about this uh, Mayweather Maidana thing. Maidana from, ended up going eight uh, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One follow-up. I want to ask about it really quick. Um, if I remember correctly, he he went out with with the uh, Everlast uh, Power Lock gloves. Was that yes. a compromise, or were they really wanting Maidana to go out with uh, Grant gloves like Mayweather wears? Uh, well, let's see. Well, you're actually missing a couple of steps. So, so the light blue gloves were dismissed by the commission. They said, okay, Mayweather doesn't want him to use them. I said, okay. So we had a fight card that night at the Hard Rock, and um, we had sent out a number of stock red and white gloves. Now, Maidana has worn the red and white gloves, uh, MX gloves, before. In fact, he wore them with, with, in the Broner fight. Stock MX, you know, pulled out of the plant in Missouri. So we happened to have those in sight. So what uh, Eric Gomez did was he called out to um, – one of his team out in the hard rock already there setting up for the fight. Hey, can you pull three red MX gloves and bring them over to the, to the MGM? We're having glove issues. So he pulled three stock MX gloves, red, eight ounce, got them there in time, send them to the commission. Commission said, okay, here's these three gloves. They're going to choose them. Uh, team May Mayweather was still adamant. No, he's not fighting in that glove. Well, what do you mean? You were angry about these gloves. You said they're too soft. Here's some stock ones that have been already approved by the commission. These are approved gloves. He's going to fight in these. And so uh, Mayweather, his lawyer, his dad pretty much said no, walked off, and that was it. Uh, for for anybody who was actually in the room, fight was off. Maidana was insistent, I'm fighting in my glove. You guys are taking this away from me, blah, blah, blah. Um, after that, Went to the Hard Rock show. Everybody's saying, oh, man, it's going to fight. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I said, yeah, it could probably will. But for right now, my Don is insistent that he's not fighting. Um, asked for his flight home, from what I understand, from what I was told. He's asked for a ticket for his flight home so he can fly things. They fly out first thing in Saturday morning. So, all right, cool. So, I guess they talked all through the night. And the next morning, I get a call, and it's Leonard Ellaby. And he says, hey, Ernie, I, wanna, I want you to come down. So I went down to the MGM VIP room and we sat there and uh, discussed it. He goes, you know, uh, my nana's going to end up wearing the power lock. I said, okay, if that's his choice, that's his choice. And he goes, oh, no, I don't want you to uh, get upset. I said, no, I mean, you know, it is, it, it is what it is. In the end, he's still wearing my glove. I mean, if you guys came to an agreement, he goes, yeah, we came to an agreement. I said, then that's fine. As long as he's in my glove, I'm fine with that. He goes, okay. Yeah. He wasn't going to wear anything else, but everlast. I said, okay. And then, um, you know, it was cool because he also said, you know what, I respect the way you stood up to to all of us. You know, he goes, I respect that. Uh, he goes, yeah, I said, it's my glove. You know, it, I, it's like with the company I adore and I'm not going to sit there and let people, you know, you know, bad talk it, you know, and, and, and put it down when when we've done nothing wrong. He goes, yeah, he goes, I agree with that. And he goes, do you have tickets for the fight? And I said, well, yeah, but I don't know if they're really good. He, so he ended up giving me 
two tickets in the Mayweather area for that because, you know, just because of what went through. And so that's basically the whole story of Mayweather Maidana that people may not understand is that we did have an option for, for Maidana to wear the stock red MX gloves and Mayweather still put it down. Now, they did, from what I understand, they did offer Grant. Maidana said, nope, we're not going to wear that. So he ended up settling on the, the power lock. The, um, Mayweather Promotions actually provided uh, him the power lock gloves, and I, I paid him back with more gloves and move, you know, after the fight. Go ahead, Dave. I know you wanted to ask something. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ernie, uh, one time I was down, I went to go visit uh, Henry Ramirez, and uh, he was at the Two Feathers Gym. <laughs> I say that all the time. Every time I talk to myself, I say things. But uh, I was over there, rest in peace, in Willie, man. Uh, great, great uh, hand wrapper and uh, oh, yeah. you know, great, great human being overall and stuff. And, <laughs> brother, you know, remember the whole Magarito thing about the plaster Paris, and that was the big fiasco at, at one mm-hmm. time, okay? But so I went there and I was talking to Andy Willie about hand wrapping. And I was telling him, I was asking him, hey, could this get past the commissioners or anybody official uh, during the locker room? And he goes, sit down, Dave. Let, let me show you something. And he started hand wrapping my hand, okay? And that's, so when he was doing that, the reason I'm bringing this up, because now I'm seeing a lot of YouTubers, conspiracy guys that are now talking about how hand wrapping with, with Tyson Fury, like you can't see the palm when you hand wrap. You can't see the palm, and that's how you know his hand was not wrapped correctly. Let me ask you, have you ever seen, and I know you have, but have you ever seen anybody with the open palm when their hand is wrapped? What do you mean open palm? You, you know, like every, open, close, open, close? Open, close, yeah. You can, see, you can see the gauze and everything, and you can see yeah. the middle of your palm there, uh, yeah. you know, where it's not yeah. covered. Yeah, it's not covered. It's not right. supposed to be because you, you create. Go okay. So let me see if I can put my hand up. So basically, you create you create a bar right here to pull. It's called a right. pull bar. Right. Yes. You build yeah. the padding up on the knuckle area right here. Let me see right Absolutely. here in the yes. knuckle area, and you you make sure it's secured up in the wrist so there's wrist no area. So that's the basics of hand wrapping as far as for a fight's concerned. Um. Now, the problem with them, this conspiracy people, and the, the questions of the rap is that commission officials, and it's every state I've been to, and I've been to countless states and been backstage on quite a few states uh, while they're wrapping hands. There's a state official in every locker room overseeing hand wraps. And some of the really good commissions, I'll, I'll point out California, Nevada, Texas, um, they oversee the hand wraps and they'll correct them if it, they see it's wrong. I've seen it happen in California. I've seen it happen in Nevada. I've seen it happen in Texas. They will stop someone and say, hey, you're doing it wrong. Please rewrap. And they'll make them rewrap. Now, hmm. the added benefit of, of a championship fight is that you are allowed to have an opposing team member come over and oversee the wrapping process. And it happens all the right. time. Uh, you see it all the time. Now, that person, you can't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't send someone out there who does not know the, the business of hand wrapping. If you don't know it, you, you, 
just don't go. Now, it's up to the team to send who, but you should send someone over there that knows how to wrap hands so they can oversee it. So that whole theory about Tyson Fury not wrapping his hands, you have a commission official and you have a team member of Team Wilder there overseeing hand wrapping. Now, the commission official actually knows the rules because he has to. Or they have to. I'm, I'm sorry. There's tons of women uh, officials within Nevada right. and California and so forth. So my bad for saying he. Um, they know how to oversee and, and, and check the hand wraps. So a commission official, uh, uh, the possibility of another team member being there, uh, the, the opposing team member being there, someone should have pointed that out at the time. And neither no one did. And if the commission official sees something that is an irregularity in the hand wrapping, they make them rewrap. If that's that, they don't have any um, uh, horse in the race for them to sit there and, and go, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll let it slide for Tyson. We really like Tyson. No, they don't. They don't. They're as impartial as they can be. Um, so, getting it past a commission official, getting it past uh, an opposing team member, you know, and and it's still sneaking by. You know, it, it, it's virtually impossible. You know, and, and if someone says, well, you said virtually, you didn't say it's 100%. It, I've never <laughs> seen it happen, and I've been in countless <laughs> locker rooms. To say, safely say, I've never seen it happen, and I've been going on right. 14 years of, of backstage locker room experience to see this. Well, unfortunately, I was going to say, I was going to make a comment. Unfortunately, when you give these guys a, a, a possibility, they'll run with that. You know, it's the funniest thing ever. Well, I saw the, I saw the, it's the long sleeve theory now. You're right. You know, Tyson's yeah. robe is too just, long. Just so people don't, don't think we're making things up. Can you play the Dante clip about the, the yeah. Yeah, I got a clip here from somebody who calls himself New Media, who has been pushing this Tyson Fury cheated thing. And this is in regards to the first fight, which Fury wore MX gloves, if, if, I'm, if, uh, if I'm correct. But let's just listen to what he has to say here. Another reason why we know that that's a knuckle and not the palm of his hand. Because if you've boxed before, then you would know that when you put wraps on, your whole palm is covered. You're not going to see skin. You're going to only see the color of the wrap. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm just because you know what? Because you know, with, with the term, if you've boxed before, it automatically in, in your head says, okay, this guy's boxed before. He knows. Right. But. Right. But no, the the whole the the palm of your hand is probably exposed because, like I said, the top part is to pull down on your on your grip. The bottom part is to kind of you know it, it's to it's more for so supporting the wrist. So the palm portion is not needed. In fact, I would debate with him. Well, why do you cover your palm for? What's the purpose of that? You know, because I can go through each step each step of the hand wrap to tell you. Okay, this palm area is for protection. This right here is to to separate the knuckles. This down here is for wrist protection. The uh, wrapping your palm. <laughs> oh, I, I, I actually. Even doing the I regular everlast wrap, you still, you, you know, yeah, if you're wrapping it correctly, you're still leaving that 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 opening yeah. because you gotta get a grip on your club. In fact, <laughs> if any, if he really knew the sport, you would see in a hand wrap they start cutting little pieces of, of away from the palm. 
That's allowed right. by the commission. Just it, so that way it clears the palm and it makes more more of a surface area for them to make a fist. Um, yeah. re regarding the first fight, if he, that's his question, I, I have something for him. Tyson Fury that night had six pairs of, of MX gloves to choose from. He had black and he had green. So he went through the whole gamut, tried them all on. So any issues with the gloves? We had six pairs to go through. So he can throw you, that one out the window. Were you at the glove selection meeting for those, those fights or no? Yes, I was at the glove selection for Fury, but not at the second fight because he used okay. Pappen for that one. Okay. Yeah. That first fight, did the Wilder team have any objections at all about Fury's gloves? And did they get to look no. at him? No, he's an Everlast fighter. So he wore – he had the option. I think he was going to go with the MX, but he ended up wearing the Paralock um, instead, whereas Tyson uh, decided to wear the MX. In fact, he looked at me. He goes, cracking gloves, mate. And I was like, okay, cool. So, But we gave him – the black three pairs of black and three pairs of green now here's the thing with the state of california let me sit up a little bit state of california requires that you have three exact same gloves for a title fight so we had to make three pairs of black and three pairs of green because tyson didn't want didn't quite know what color he was going to go with so we had six gloves available to him Damn. so that's you know that's kind of the 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 cost you know the kind of the cost of the business is that we had to provide six custom color pairs of MX gloves for him. Um, State of Nevada requires three pairs. Um, one, you know, the standard primary and secondary. So something happened to the first pair, but their third pair they keep. They'll they'll keep it, and if they decide, they'll cut it open to see the the, the contents inside. Should something happen. Should a controversy happen, so they'll cut the glove open just to see if there's any in, uh, inconsistencies with that custom colored glove versus what they cut open for stock players. Now, every new pair Everlast brings out, like our 1910 glove just came out oh, a year and a half, two years ago. We had to send them off to the commissions before we even actually deployed them for use. So every commission, every major commission had them: California, Nevada, Texas, Florida. New York and Pennsylvania. Those are the main ones that we work with. They all now, got a pair of the they all got a pair of the 19 glove before we even released it. So I mean we're our gloves are scrutinized we, before they even get to the ring. Now does a fighter after a fight if he feels that there was something wrong the the opponent if he feels like the guy that wearing a certain glove is there something wrong with it does he have the right and can he ask for the right of immediately having those gloves opened up? Yeah, well, not opened up, but they can be confiscated. If he feels okay. that there's a discrepancy in the gloves, he can ask the commission to confiscate and they will bag them and take them. And it's the same with the wraps. If he thinks there's something wrong with the wraps, he can ask, hey, those wraps didn't feel right. You know, he can ask for the commission to, to, to confiscate them and they'll bag them and, and then they'll review them later. And in your experience, uh, it's pretty much the same thing in Nevada, right? Because, I mean, Nevada and California, from what I hear, are pretty similar in what they do as far as yeah. – uh, Yes, yeah. 100%. Cali uh, the only difference between Nevada and California is that Nevada actually has the manufacturers send the gloves to the commission, whereas in California, the promoter can still bring the gloves. Or I sometimes if I'm here at an L.A. fight and it's an L.A. fight, sometimes I would bring the gloves. Got you, got you. I brought up the hand wraps things because I wanted to ask you, you know, well, the, the, you know, yeah, because it's so difficult, you know, and I remember, you know, Ed and Willie, and this is, this is, I guess there's two parts here because 
Margarita was being accused of having plaster of Paris, and it was done in front of the commission, and they got he got away with it with with his coach putting in there, and and then Willie was like proving to me how difficult it would be because there's so many eyes in the locker room. He's like he was telling me like, look, you got one guy, you got another guy, everybody's literally hovering over you. You're, you know, it's almost like sunlight on top of your body, you know, and that's why I was asking you. I mean, in your experience. How is it possible to get by through something like that? Could Tyson Fury could have slipped off those those hand wraps so that he can get his knuckle down? Is that possible? No. Well, I, it's not possible to right. do exactly what they're saying. In other words, he's, you're saying that he's they're trying he's trying to slide down the knuckle towards the, the hand wraps. They're saying that he's hitting. He was hitting Wilder with this part of his <laughs> of his hand. They're saying that it's not the crease that you see. It's this. It's, it's this, right? yeah. Instead of, instead of your, oh, your yeah. Head. Also, <laughs> so wait a minute. So the, that his whole fist was in the, 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 the what we call area. the collar of the glove? Yes. If, yes. if you don't mind me just saying this, <laughs> this is our evidence. Well, I, I want to present to you Hold what on. they say is evidence. Hold on. If I may. Give me a second. Right. I'll be right back. I'll, I'll, sure, gotta, sure. I'll show you something. Hold on. All right. <laughs> I want to ask you something very vital that 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 it's being right. used a lot in new media, and right. I, I want to ask him. Like I kind of know the answer already, but let's can get we, an official answer. Right. Can um, we, and I'll yeah, ask can we stop? Can we cop, Can we stop saying new media and just say dumb media? <laughs> <laughs> that might be what we have to start calling. Hey, look, it look, my knuckles, everybody. There you go. <laughs> Hey, I thought those were the nanguitas right there for a moment. Oh, shit, you're going to take your video down, bro. You know what I mean? I thought you were, that was your way of saying happy birthday. Uh, no, like, like, what could he do? At what, like, what Dante says is so stupid, his own fans come on and they get mad that we play the clip. Like, well, I'm not Dante. Like, well, well why are you making me answer that? Like, like, just say he's wrong. Okay, exactly. I'm back. So, All right. here is. Uh -oh. uh, you guys got a little treat. Here is Earl Spence's glove from the Ocampo fight. Oh, it's not go. the one he wore. Is that Wait, an MX? Yes. It's, uh -oh. it's his third pair. We made a third pair for him. So now what you're telling me, let me open this up a little bit. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful because I know what's going to happen when you try to put it. So you mean to tell me? Could be a big bowl. It, like, it was like that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're right there. Oh, yeah. You gotta tighten up those laces, bro. Or it's swabby. There we go. Let me see. Now I got you on the solo screen. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, so that's like what they're that. saying. That's what they're saying. Tyson Fury had his hand like that in the first fight. Yeah, it's it, it's impossible with a full wrap with a full hand wrap. I, I have no wraps on, and it it, it was it, there's no way you could have tightened it that's and, and keep it in what we call the collar. Now with a full hand wrap. With with a, an entire, what, I think they go through three rolls of gauze and then tape. It's a couple couple inches of gauze and tape, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like pop the collar, like they say. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, pop the collar. He cheated. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know what <laughs> happened. They he infiltrated. They they infiltrated. infiltrated. Dante, Dante, Dante kicked off Ernie. Off the show. Immediate, immediate, immediate. So they, if if, if, if I can, I, <laughs> can you do us a favor? Can you do us a favor? Sure. Can you put on the glove and bend your hand? Because they say it's impossible. They say to bend literally it say they, it's they say impossible, it's impossible that it cannot be done. Yeah. 
Put on a big screen there, uh, uh, G Funky. It's bending back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah leave it there. Right. Leave it there. I'll put you on the big screen. That's bending back. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. They're saying, they're saying that you can't do that. That's what they're saying. See? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wow. There you go. Yep. So, and, and that's an actual official glove that we made. Now, the one thing I'll show you, too, is that it's the same makeup. Let me see right there. Okay, it's the same makeup, uh, same insides as a stock MX glove. The only difference is that we custom color colored. We did his logos. We did silver inside. We did the truth on his pull bar here. And then we did man down in, in um, Dallas Cowboys font. So I love yeah, these. Pairs. This is one of my favorite pairs that I made. I designed it all for, for Earl. So can you also describe, a- like, because people keep confusing the word. The word custom, they play semantics with it, right? Yeah. Like just custom, semantics. like like design, like color and stuff like that. Colors, custom, right. colors fonts. Um, you know, if they want to do like a design on the glove, uh, I wish I could. Can I send you guys a picture and you guys can show it? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Let me, I'll send it to yeah. Dave. It's a, it's, a, it's a glove we made for Gallo. He didn't end up wearing them. He wore the, the uh, power lock because it matched his outfit. But, um, but I'm, am I going to get kicked off if I scroll through my phone? Um, I don't know. Well, Give it a shot. Right Give it a shot. Let's see. Let me, sure, let me, but if you do, just jump back on. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. Let me find that picture. Uh, gallery, gallery, gallery. Oh, here we go. Guys, this is great stuff here, man. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, literally making uh you're literally making a lot of uh the uh, wilder conspiracy guys heads just pop i can hear like you know that you know you know when you hear the little the the, the little poppings of the what do you call that shit uh, the bubble wrap the bubble wraps bro i can hear that like a <laughs> punch in the air and i'm like <laughs> hopefully they didn't break their their phone if they're watching on the phone you know those oh, things man. cost a lot of money <laughs> I think he's frozen. Ernie, can you hear us? So, Are you still there? Dave, Dave, you, yeah. got it. you got it. You got it. You got it. So you sent it to me on text? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Did you uh, send yeah, it me yeah. on text? Or... Okay. Yep. I haven't got it yet, but yeah, I'll check right now. So I want to I want to show you. I don't know if you can. Can you see the screen well, Ernie? Can you see all of us yeah. right now? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I want to put a picture right here. of These were the gloves that Chocolatito wore against uh, Estrada in his last yeah, fight. Yeah, I got that picture. Yeah. So um, actually, I think this I got this from your Twitter, I think, because um, I wanted to make a point about it. Now, these guys will take Fury's gloves where he wore the Paffin horsehair gloves in the rematch. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll see the wrinkles and things like that on the leather. And they'll say, look at that, man. These gloves look like they were dragged down the road before he put them on. There's something <laughs> wrong with them. Yet I've we- heard that. I've, well, 2008 was the first year we we really deployed the MX glove, and we've been hearing that ever since. It, it's just it's the way the leather is treated. It's soft, so it's pliable, so it's going to sound, you know, it's going to at times look wrinkly. Uh, honestly, I mean, we can't, you know, we can try to tighten it up and, and make it look like a, a poofy and stuff like that. But in the end, you know, the the leather that we use is, is soft and it's pliable. And But, you know, I'll say it again. It's it's approved by the commission and and. You know, there's, uh, um, you know, for all the the short controversies that that the glove provides, you know, there's been tons of champions in it. There's been, you know, fight of the years in them. You know, so I, I tend to think that the the small smattering of bad 
you know, is, is far outweighed by the, the amount of good that we've, you know, we've provided, you know, I'm, I'm watching a fight on Fox sports right now where, you know, one, one's wearing the MX glove, Carrillo's wearing an MX glove and the other gentleman is wearing a Reyes glove. And you, you really can't tell the difference between the two. Did yeah. you get the picture there? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it right now. I'm just uh, sending it to my email and then I'll be able to get it up. I want to show some other pictures here because sure. Like D-Style said, he says, well, not what D-Style says, but what these guys are saying is that gloves don't bend that way. It's impossible. Even Wilder himself <laughs> came out. Even Deontay Wilder himself came out and said that. He said it's impossible for new gloves to bend that way. But check this out. Well, we got a picture here from Canelo when he fought Amir Khan, and he's wearing yeah. MX gloves right there. You can see him bending his wrists inward now, there. Now, let me show you something. The, the elite glove that Khan wears, it's a little tougher to to bend it because the whole back part is almost in unison. It's so it's not necessary. There's three different compartments. If you actually looked at an elite glove, so it's a little tougher to 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 bend it fully back, but you still can bend that one, and that's our toughest one. And you still can bend that one back. You can, yeah. I can bend you an all foam power lock. I can bend back. It, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Yep. Here's another image here in the same fight. Same glove. You can see him, you know, the gloves bending back. Here's yep. where here's where Canelo fought Chavez Jr. Now I zoomed in on this a little bit, but you, you can see again, he's he's what it looks like what he's doing, in my opinion, is he's he's throwing like a slapping kind of a punch and it's landing on the guard of Chavez. But you can see right there the glove bends back without an issue. And you know, there was no cheating in that fight. So <laughs> I mean it's just crazy. Well, there's, there's been no with. prize of cheating. I mean, there's I mean it look. It, it losing is a bitter pill to take. And, and, you know, if, if, if you're vested in a fighter that much, you're going to try to nitpick. Oh, those are the, so this is what I mean by custom designing the patterns of the leather. So this is the glove that, that we made for Gallo Estrada. He says he's going to use them for the next fight. So God willing, he does. That's but, a nice pair, bro. Yeah. We, yeah, we this is one good. of the first times we did this similar to Tyson Fury's, uh, all American glove he made. Um, this is kind of the same pattern. You know, we, we did this. I wanted to try this out and they, they were able to screen print the coloring on it on an all white glove to make it look like a, a Mexican theme glove. And then we put Gaio's logos on it. And, and so, but the, it's still the same makeup as a regular MX glove. It's just designed and coloring and, and logos. It, it, you know, the, the creative part of myself comes out in designing these gloves. Um, but the the maker, I don't, you know, we will we would never tell our designer, our makeup, our our plants, our manufacturers to to change a glove for one individual. It would be it to me. It's 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 not a good moral compass for what we would do. Those are beautiful, man. First off, I got to tell you, those are beautiful. Yeah, gloves, are. The way you did that. Thank you. And uh, just to make this clear, so you're saying that all you do is the outer part, which is what the fighters asking. You do the imagery, but there's nothing inside that you change everything is always going to be the same for every 100 we won't change the the composite of a glove now to temper that a little bit if an overall theme comes to fruition because i mean our mx glove is is by far our most tinkered with glove too we we we've tried to design it to where the fighters you know if the fighter comes back with feedback hey this thumb doesn't feel right and we you know we'll we'll go out to another fighter how does it feel he's like yeah it doesn't feel right We'll change it. I mean, but we'll change the entire line, not for one individual. So 
we've done, I would say, two or three revisions of the MX glove simply because of what the, the fighters want. And, and one of the big things early on is that we couldn't, that they had a hard time pulling down the lead, the, the, over the pull bar to make a proper fist. And that was kind of in the, the, the design and the makeup. So they changed it to where now that it's a lot easier for them to pull down. Um, but beforehand it was kind of hard. So we, we saw that design flaw. We did something about it and we changed it. Um, the, the, you know, some of the things like the thumb being a, a little longer or, a little bit more padding in the thumb because some oftentimes you will hit someone with your thumb. You're not supposed to, but it happens. So things like that, we, we will pay attention to what the fighter's saying. If there's an overall theme that, that we think uh, needs to be revised, we will. We're not um, hiding. We want to be above board in everything. You know, like I said, I'm only speaking on Everlast's point of view. We want to be above board of everything. We have a great relationship with every commission official that we have. Um, we've talked at length with Andy Foster. We've talked at length with Bob Bennett. Um, and, and, you know, we're clear in our path in that we want 100% above board um, conversations with any of the commissions. In fact, my, my boss, uh, Chris Oler, he's, he's been working with the fighter, with the commissions in, in getting a universal kind of spec outlines for what they expect from us. And, and not just for us, but for every glove. So that way, when when you know when someone brings a, a a reyes glove well they already have the specs the commissions already have the specs on what to expect for you know when you when the guy puts on a reyes glove so any discrepancies they can say well this doesn't match the specs that we have so we're trying to keep the you know the integrity of the game of the sport you know by making sure that that you know we're all in compliance with how we make our gloves you know and that doesn't mean that we can't create individual elastic you know individual gloves just means that we want to make sure that everybody's compliant with what they're they're supposed to be doing. And it would eliminate the the theory that that some manufacturers do custom pad, you know, which I think is 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 a dangerous thing to do, um, simply because if if you're trying to create a, a, a an advantage for one fighter, you know, unwillingly that opponent doesn't know that, and and they could be going into battle with someone with with a glove that has lesser padding in the knuckle area. And, and to me, that's just, you know, it's immoral to do that simply because you're putting that, uh, that opponent at risk of, of being, you know, seriously injured. And, and, you know, above all, I mean, I know that this sport is, is part of it is, is to brutalize your opponent, but at the same time, at what cost? So, so this is, it, uh, this is the photo that these guys have ran with right here. Um, you know, they say, well, look, you can see his knuckles and there's no padding there. But then. No, that's not true. That's the kind of the bend of the glove because there's a concave area where the knuckle area is in a lot of gloves. And that's just kind of the way the leather stretches across the top. So the way the leather stretches across the top, sometimes you're going to get a little give. So you can come back to me and see, see kind of like that. Sure. Fuck you. covering the yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get enough right. Kind of okay. like that, you know, it, okay. it happens because if you're gonna compress a glove, sometimes that happens. It's like, can, can it do it, it again? Yeah, uh, put it back up. Yeah, let me see. So, like that. Oh, glove getting destroyed right yep. now, like bad, like bad, <laughs> bad. Hey, I, I want to ask you a two-part question. Uh, well, it's it's two questions. Um, it's something that fans have kind of talked about and stuff like that. I just want your perspective and your thoughts on it. So, one. 
fans have talked about why not just have one type of glove for all fighters to win all controversy. What what are your thoughts on that? Any problems you see with that? And second, should fighters start putting gloves on in the ring in front of everybody to, to avoid any further controversies? One, I, okay, to answer question number one, do you require baseball players to use one universal bat? No. 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 There's there you know certain fit certain feels stuff like that. Now, granted, I'll say this: you're not hitting a person with a baseball bat. I I get that, but at the same time, there is there you know there are preferences. People you know some fighters love a soft glove. Some fighters love a very padded glove. It's all preference. And if you take that away from a fighter, then you are going to take away kind of their preference. And and um, I don't necessarily call it an even playing field in, in that aspect. I, I think do think you're kind of, you know, you, you couldn't, you know, like say if you, everybody went with a, a puncher's glove. Well, what if you got a fighter with hands that don't uh, take well to a puncher's glove? Well, now you're putting them at a disadvantage when, you know, your original train of thought was to even the playing field. And that that's not advantageous to the, uh, to a fighter who has, you know, hard, you know, has hard times with their hands. Contrastly, if you're getting a, a, a puncher, these big poofy gloves and you know, they're not, they're not as effective in, in, in punching. Well, now you're taking them and, and putting them in a disadvantage. And so I do like that. I, but I, I think going harking back to what I discussed, I do think there is compliance issues that we need to address as, as manufacturers. And, and I think that needs to come in cooperation with the commissions to where they get an understanding of each model. Now, California and Nevada are way ahead of the game. They, they talk to us all the time about gloves um, when I go to a fight, say in California, Mark Relay, who's out here in Southern California, often tells me, he say, hey, I had a good call with your boss. You know, we're going to get on board with this, you know, complying, complying thing. Uh, I've been looking at, I've been studying your elite glove. Um, you know, some of the problems we had early on are gone. Thank you, Ernie, for addressing that. So no problem. We want to work together in, in creating uh, an enjoyable sport, not just for us, the fans, but for the fighters too. You know, and, and what they put on their hands is everything you know so if we kind of just mute it and take one style and, and say that's what you got to play you, you got to use well then you're kind of muting their individuality now number now, two what was the second, what was the second question? question what what about like they used to put the gloves on like in the ring i wouldn't have any problems with that i think the commissions it's up to the commissions i i think um you know maybe not actually in the ring but right right below before you walk up you you do it. I think the timing of an event, I think TV honestly takes a, takes a big part of that. They don't kind of, they kind of want to go through the production as streamlined as possible. I think that becomes an influence on whether or not, you know, that can be done in a, in a proper amount of time, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, if it's done professionally and in above board, um, the problem comes in my opinion, if some, if the teams that that are, you know, the opposing fighter come in and then there's contrary, they start bark. Well, now you have it out in the open and they're starting to talk and there's a delay and, and and now it no longer becomes an entertainment sport. Now we're sitting there waiting for for them to kind of, you know, address the contraries. Whereas a lot of this stuff that happens backstage stays backstage, and all you guys see is the walkout. You know, because they're, they're, I mean, every situation that you guys have gone through as far as we'll, we'll talk specifically to wilder fury 
there's probably been 15, 20 others that, that don't get talked about that happened in the back. You know, um, you know, you know, there, there's, you know, I'm not, he's not wearing that glove. Yes, he is. He got approved. Commission officials approved it. If you don't like it, there's no fight. What do you mean there's no fight? Well, you're just not going to get paid. And we're going to tell your promoter not to pay you. It happens a lot, you know, or, 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 Hey, you know, he's not supposed to be doing that. Da, da, da. It, it, there's a lot more that happens backstage. And, and sometimes not everything needs to be out in the open. Uh, as far as gloves are concerned, I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, either way, as long as it's not um, kind of delaying the, the actual event itself, I, it doesn't matter to me. You know, because like, yeah. like I said, it all goes back to we have nothing to hide. You know, it, I'd rather people know the process. And that's why I'm kind of on the show, too. I want people to know the process. So you get a lot of people who just speculate and, and, and don't ask. Don't you know, the, yeah. the proper people that, that have been in this. And you you can you guys should actually get a commission official to come on and th- let them run through the whole entire thing. They'll tell you, I mean, they, they're all told and taught to know the gloves. And, and you know, every California commission official tells me all about my gloves and, and tells me the problems that they see. And, and I make note of that and I tell my boss. And, you know, I'm sure they tell, you know, Reyes and Grant the same thing. You know, hey, this is what I've noticed about your glove, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, the QC looks a little different, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and um, you know, it, it, one thing that will, 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 will get rid of this all is if there's accountability from everybody, from the commissions down to the manufacturers about how gloves are made and how, we, you know, we're willing to share it with the commission officials so that way they understand, you know, we're not trying to do anything sneaky. We're not trying to, you know, put less padding in for this fighter, more padding in for that fighter. You know, any any of that stuff is goes out the window. You know, because here's what our here's what our specs for for an MX looks like. Here's where our specs for an elite glove looks like. And if it doesn't fall within that that guideline or that disc, if there's a plus or minus discrepancy, you have every right to to throw out the glove and say this doesn't follow specs, and we have to comply with that. You know, and you know for for people without knowledge of the situation to comment on the situation as as if they're subject matter experts is really insulting to the sport. And it's really insulting to every manufacturer out there, not just me, but they, they threw shade at Paffin for, for making a, what for what I understand is a really comfortable glove. You know, they throw shade at, you know, they throw shade at things that they don't know about. And, and these, you know, these minions of people believe that they're experts and they're not. And it's, that's a dangerous game to play is to become an expert at something you don't, you know, little about. And, you know, all I can say is if you guys have a question about it, I won't, like I said, I won't talk about anybody else's gloves. Not my business. It's never going to be my business. But if you want to talk about the MX glove, because I know it is the, the most talked about glove, right. I'd be more than happy to tell you, you know, what's going on inside of it and what, you know, what I've been through to, to you know, to, bring, to keep it going. And, and now, to be honest with you, it is our most requested glove. It really is. I'm, I mean, people... Uh, this and our power lock are the two mo- most requested gloves we have. Um, and, and, you know, for it to be requested means that we are doing something right. And, and we are want, we do want to keep our, our fighters hands safe and we want to keep our opponents of those fighters career safe. You know, we, there is a fine line between punchers and, and going just too far and stripping it down. You know, I always liken our MX glove to, to an amazing race car uh, with no frills. Uh, our power lock is our like our luxury glove, you know, our luxury car. You know, it, it's kind of like that that you know that that description. You know, we we have different models for different people, and and 
you know, when I'd work with the fighter, I tell them we have four different models. If you can't find one, then you're not an Everlast fighter. And I don't mind. I, I'm friends with tons of fighters that don't fight in my gloves and I'm fine with them and they're fine with me. It's just, you know, it, it, if it doesn't fit for us and it doesn't work, Hey, no hard feelings, you know, move on. And, and I wish you the best. And we still, when, when I see them, I give, give them big hugs. I'm, I, you know, I don't think I have any fighters that I don't like in this industry, you know, and, and, you know, and, and even if they leave, go and leave me, I had no hard feelings. I mean, I'll, I'll buy you a beer or I'll go buy you an acai bowl or something, you know. Did, did you yeah. just say beer? Because I'm going to leave Everlast. I want two rounds of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, Ernie, I want to touch on something you said, and then I'll let Dave, if he wants to ask a question. Uh, sure. You're right about getting the proper information out there about gloves mm -hmm. And the process and, and selecting gloves and who's there and what happens because these guys, I'm telling you, they will create narratives for money. They will go on the websites, you know, they'll go on your guys' website and say, Look at these gloves here, they already look broken in. This is illegal. You should never have these gloves ever on any fighter. And like, it's just, it's insane, man. It's insane. And I'm glad that someone who's here, who actually knows the technology that goes into these gloves is here to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, I get what they're saying. I, I understand totally what they're saying. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, I'm looking at Earl's glove right now, and it, you know, there's creases in it, and it, there's, and I've never touched it. I've never punched anything in it, but there's creases in it, and but that's the leather. It's not necessarily to do with any less padding. Uh, we didn't shift or or move things around in it. It's just, you know, it's the leather that we use, and and you know, it, as long as the commissions are fine with it. You know, we'll continue to make it this way, and 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 you know, I think uh, we have a very successful glove. It's like I said, it's our our most successful glove as far as requests from fighters, um, as far as promoters buying buying our gloves. They buy our MX glove. They really do. I mean, they 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 you know, they're willing to to fork out. In fact, so much so that you know, we're short on gloves with them, specifically the MX glove. We're short on them. You know, and and. You know, the pandemic hit and everybody started stocking up and buying gloves. And, you know, we had a shortage of it. And the MX glove was our number one glove that we were out of. And, and you know, we're just barely hustling our way back, you know, from that. But, you know, if if it was a, um, a bad glove, you wouldn't see that sales. And, you know, it's constantly out the door. We can't keep them in stock. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Ask your question, man. No, first off, man, Ernie, again, bro, thank you for coming on. With oh, us. It's my really, pleasure. Yeah, I always appreciate it, brother. Every time you come on and stuff, it's just crazy that we're still talking about this subject. It's been a year. But I'm going to tell you what's <laughs> even crazier. I'm going to tell you what's even crazier. What's a that? subject about Antonio Margarito is still being talked about to this day. You know, uh, he, you know he, what? Honestly, I, I, go, ahead. go ahead. Honestly, look. Something happened in that camp where it went wrong. Now, mm -hmm. whatever story happened, I have my theories. And I, 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 I'm pretty sure the one thing that I think is probably correct, you know, and I, I, I don't want to put blame on anybody. I don't want to out nobody anymore. It's just, it's such an old, it's from 2009. You know, right. Tony paid his dues, got his year suspension, was scolded up and down, was vilified. Because yes. let's let's be honest, everything prior to the Mosley fight, Tony was the nicest guy in the world. He, he always loves his fans. He's always there for yeah. autographs. And then after that, he became vilified. 
So every, Absolutely. The, the course of direction, you know, the course of direction changed for Tony as well. So it, right. it's not as if he didn't pay for it. He ended up paying for it. But well, my my question to you is this: Do you think that HBO did him wrong in the way they handled the situation? Because I mean, we covered it no. pretty extensive. And, and no, I'll tell you why. Okay. I, I think considering the severity of of the ac- accusation thrown. I mean, it's probably the the equivalent of of betting on baseball. You know, it's kind of the 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 you know the the benchmark of you being suspended forever, the mm-hmm. the ultimate sin in, in a sport. Well, I think right. in boxing, doctoring you know doctoring hand wraps, doctoring gloves, um, I think is the the penultimate you know worst thing you can do in boxing, and. Yeah. For him to get accused of something like that, I, I I think the severity of the conversation as it happened was just. I, I I get it. I get why. I mean, I would be if I didn't know Tony and I wasn't kind of indifferent. I'd have probably been mad too. But knowing the situation, knowing knowing the people but involved. Said, but you said the key word right now. You said accused. Not yes. It's never been verified that he actually like did it. Where a lot of fans to the day, right now, right now, they still believe that he actually did something, that he actually had something in the hand wraps when it was never proven. Or am I wrong about that? I think they found traces of traces traces of of, of a substance that could be consistent with plaster of Paris, but it also is found in lotion. Um Stuff like that. So it was it while it was conclusive enough for the, him to be suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there was no verification that it wasn't in Paris. Now, right. now, so should have HBO should have explained that, or instead of running with that big old story. I mean, you have real sports; they go in depth. You know, I, I've seen HBO do a little like show promo things. They go in depth. Why didn't they yeah. do that for for Antonio Margarito? I don't I don't understand that. I don't know that I don't know. Maybe it was kind of the the narrative that they wanted to do, um, mm-hmm. and that they wanted to make him a villain. You know, someone had to be a villain, and, and the and the the all American kid in Mosley, you know, prove you know beat him up, and then the the little the little Filipino kid who could punished him for it. You know, that's that's how they sold yeah. it. I mean, if you think about it, you know, everybody who cheered on Manny. Was cheering on, was cheering against Tony for cheating. That's how I see right. it too. I, I, I do yeah. think every beatdown because if you look on Twitter, people are so happy about the Manny fight. Why? Because he beat up the cheater, mm. and I think that's the narrative that HBO wanted to sell, and they sold it well. Now, did Tony deserve it? Well, someone on his team did definitely because something happened. I honestly think something was on their hands now whether it was lotion to maybe you know because you can use lotion to kind of like squeeze the the gauze down to make it harder mm-hmm. you know it it, it oh. softens it up and it you, you can so if even if it was if the in the end any shit should have been on that gauze right whatever they yeah. found on that gauze shouldn't have been on there this shouldn't it's, have been it just whoever like- put that whoever put that on there was wrong and they should well they should have. They ended up rewrapping it. But whoever had shit on that glove, on, on that gauze, shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have never been there. Ever. Like I've always been in the belief that something was up. I just felt it was exaggerated. 
That, that, that's yes. always made. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a great point. I, I don't think it was, you know. But the, the, but the whole low shit, though, thing really quick, because if our listeners right now, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's like the first, you know, because a lot of listeners that listen to boxing have never actually got in the ring or even put gloves on or hand reps. Can you get a little bit into that about the lotion there, Ernie? What you just said. Well, from what I understand, you know the 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 composite makeup because when they did the testimony, it they also found a lot of the trace elements that were found in the wrap was mm-hmm. consistent with some of the elements of of a certain lotion that people that people use on their hands. So mm-hmm. they try to spin it as that, but to me, also, you know, it it just I, it doesn't jive with me that there was something on the hand wraps that shouldn't have been that, that bugs me the most. Now it could, now it could necessarily be um, a a, a mistake. Someone had lotion on their hands, you know, whatever. It could be something really bad, but we won't know simply because, you know, it was a simple kind of high level, you know, meeting about his suspension. All they needed to hear was, was there elements that, that could have been consistent with plaster of Paris? Yes. Okay. So that's all we needed to hear. You're suspended for one year. Now, if it was, you know, a civil case to where someone was sued because, you know, for, you know, possible assault, then you'd have to dig into the narrative and the details of it all. And, um, right. You know, you know, then you'd have to get into the actual composite and the makeup of the act, what what actually happened. And then you'd have to involve, you know, other team members and, and get down to the bottom of it because you need which, to find... Which never happened. Nobody ever actually... never happened. No, it's right. that never Nobody happened. Nobody followed it through just, that. Right. They just needed enough information to suspend him, and they found it. You know, and and the, whoever... Whatever happened that night should have never happened. You know, from right. the team standpoint, that whatever happened should have never happened. And then the unfortunate thing is that... I asked Shane Mosley this. Um, after that we went down to Houston for Marquez Juarez one and Shane went mm-hmm. and I interviewed him. I didn't ask him that question, but I interviewed him, but I also asked him off air. I said, so let me ask you a question. Do you know what goes on your hands? He goes, no, he goes, I have my headphones on and I'm closed my eyes and I just let my guys wrap my hands. So do you think Tony was out? Well, and he said, no, I don't. I said, what, whatever he, he trusts his team enough Ooh. to, to close his eyes and just say, Hey, go ahead and do your thing. So did I think Tony willingly went into that? Well, tried to go into that ring with something? No, I don't. I'm, my personal opinion, no, I don't. Um, yeah, that's that's good you said that because we have some subscribers who uh, were here. We had Gabriel Montoya on a couple months ago to talk about this because he, you know, he covered that that trial and everything pretty yep. pretty good. Yep. So yep. you know, yep. we had him come on, present his information. You know, some people liked it, some people didn't. Um, but uh, you know, I'm glad that we got your your uh, opinion. <clears throat> excuse me, opinion on it, also. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, something was something on, was on something was on those wraps that shouldn't have been. It, it that's as simple as I can put it. Now, do right. we want to dig down and see what what exactly it was? Well, we could have, but no one did. They just did enough to suspend him, and that was it. So right. it, it so it doing that leads to a multitude of, of speculation, both good and bad. You know, you know, all you guys, you know, you guys are just making this up. There's nothing on the hands. The total extreme. He's wearing bricks in his hands. He's probably been doing this all his career, you know, yep. blah, blah, blah. You know, and they, they take it. You're going to get two polarizing opposites on a subject matter that's never going to be resolved. And that's kind of why it's still 
talked about to this day. It's just that since. Which I, was, if I remember correctly, the only person that actually said, hey, he possibly weared bricks against me in a fight was Kermit Cintron. I didn't hear Paul Williams or anybody, even like Daniel Santos even mentioned that. And also, I, I just want to make this really clear too, uh, Ernie, if I'm wrong about this. He was suspended while they investigated, which is normal. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was stopped, which is a normal thing. When you're knocked out, you get, an, yep. you get a suspension immediately. Yep. It's like yep. no question about it, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. You, once, you, once you get stopped, you're suspended until the California State Athletic Commission reviews your, your, your health. And once you're deemed healthy to fight, you're cleared of suspension. But he was suspended during that time. Um, right. You know, it, 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 there's too much, you know, kind of, you know, it was, it was, like I said, it was very surface level. They get, they got enough information they needed to suspend them, but it also did nothing to be conclusive as to what exactly happened that night. So that leads, that's going to always lead to suspect, you know, to suspicion as to what happened. You know, it also led to the fact that people thought he, he cheated against Cotto. You know, they were using right uh, a picture of him with some, with some supposed crack in his, in his, hand wrap and it, it turned out to be you know a black string from his robe um Ooh. you know they said well we'll look at the red mark and then you know you can see a picture of diego corrales in his fight with uh castillo with the very same red mark now from what i understand uh sometimes reyes gloves do um bleed out from their dye, the dye. from the red the from the red yeah. leather yeah so it's more red leather than it actually is blood so that's that's a common occurrence in 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 um um Reyes gloves. Well, wow. it, it used to be. I don't know if it is anymore. Right. So I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's glove controversies are always going to happen, and and you know, you you kind of just have to, you know, trust on the authorities and and say, hey, this is, you know, let's ask them, you know, let, let's find out. And it, it, I don't entertain the fools anymore. I don't feed the trolls anymore. You know, if they they want to come on and start talking shit, just. They go away because I block them. I, I don't have time. It's like, <laughs> like I always say on Twitter, it's my timeline. I see what I want to see on it. You know, if you don't like what, yeah. if you don't like that, then you know what? Play nice or just get off my timeline, you know? And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things, I guess, where, where it is important because you do put them on your hands and it is, you know, you are punching someone with that. So I, I get that it, it's a great talking point for people. And we just had almost a two hour conversation on it. Um, right. Yeah, we can talk for hours more on it, and, and, and you know, it'll always be that way. Um, to systemize a glove system to where it's one glove, I think takes away that 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 talk, but it also takes away the individuality of a fighter. So, you know, I, I don't. As long as you have experts in the business um, that that can take a situation like this and 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 explain it out, um, then it kind of I think hopefully eases the minds of a lot of people, the actual fans, not the the guys who, who who look at little things and find something and then go on and run with it. Actual, if you want, if you want to actually learn about something, then by all means, ask. If you want to educate yourself on how things are, like like the whole business of matchmaking and the whole business of purse bids and all these things, all these fa these managers out there, you know, saying, well, if we offer this and this and that. Well, you know what? If you if you're so smart, you know what? Start your own promotion company, and, and you do only it. was that simple, right, Ernie? Yeah, only I mean, it, it was that it, simple. <laughs> you, you, I mean, working for Golden Boy for almost two years now, you, I learned more in those two years 
about how fights are made and not made um, than I have in the, the, the 20 years I've been in the sport. Uh, and, and I'll tell you this, and I said it on a tweet. I don't think most, I don't, I, the vast majority of fighters aren't ducking other fighters. I mean, if you hear them, if you hear them say, oh yeah, I'll take that fight, let's do it. They'll, they're willing to fight. Now, where it becomes an issue is split, is money, venue, things. It's the, the, the minute details, the, machin, the actual machinations behind getting a fight done. Venue, uh, timing, camp, all these things mm. that, that come into play. You, you have, almost have to have a perfect storm to get a fight made. And, and, and uh, I'm amazed at the, the job that matchmakers like Roberto Diaz and Bruce Trampler and Jolene Mazzone do and get his fights done because, because yeah. to hear these people whine about opponents for, and it's not just the fighter. It's not the fighters. It's, it's mostly like the manager. Oh, I don't know if I like that fight. You know, well, he, he, the fighter is annoying better. They go, Oh yeah, I'll take it. Fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. You know, it, it, right. it you know, or, or the trainers or, or something, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing that fights get done considering everything that's involved to get it to a point where they're stepping into the ring. And, you know, and absolutely, I man. Think, I, I don't think the fighters duck any fighter. I really don't. I, I, I just from experience, I mean, I, I talk to these kids all the time and, and, and the first thing is I heard you're going to fight. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to fight them. Yeah. Shoot. Right. They, give me my, give me what I'm asking for. And I'm <laughs> done. It's done. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I'm going to fuck them and, up. And that was the reason why I was going to get Henry Ramirez, a.k.a. Al Heyman, because I believe he is Al Heyman. Um, <laughs> he's just pretending that he's Henry Ramirez. You know, about, about Charlo, bro. I mean, so, it, it, you know, when you're saying all this, I'm thinking about Charlo. You know, I think Charlo wants to fight these guys, but it's just not happening because the promotions are looking at, at a different direction. A am I wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think – I think uh... – Al Heyman has, has, has done a, a really good job at, at paying his, his fighters really well. Um, right. Does it com create complacency amongst the fighters? It could. Uh, I, you know, there's not an urgency to step outside of the realm that they're used to. And as yeah. long as, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not forced to step outside of that, then they're going to, you know, they're going to go with their comfort level. You know, and, and that's not necessarily a duck. I mean, I'm sure if Charlo was given the money he, he's asking for, he'd fight anybody. You know, it's just, you know, trying to get to that point where where everything's in accordance and agreement to where you get a fight is, yeah. is key. Now, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that it, it's not a, you know, there's no kind of ducking in this. It, it's more so just doing, you know, doing enough to get it done. And, and you know, like I said, there is a comfort level with with some with fighters at times where a fighter will say, you know what, I'm, that's fine. Let's just do this one. This one can be made really easy. Blah blah blah. Let's just do it done. You know, and and it, it's unfortunate that that we're, I, I you know that promoters don't necessarily uh, you know it, their first instinct is to work within their own system and get the fights you know get fights like that done because yeah we are not we're, we aren't getting the fights that we're asking you know it it you know it, it's all too safe it you know and it's good it's kind of this kind of this you know these walls that you create where 
where it looks like it's the fighters not wanting to do it, but everything else involved networks and promoters and gate and who gets what. And, and, and that it, it, for the, for the most part, fans will see it and think, okay, Spence is ducking, you know, Crawford, Crawford's ducking Spence. Well, we don't know how much of this has gone to fruition. We don't know how much is actually talked about. We don't even know right. if Bob and Al have actually even had serious discussions about what we can do with it. You know, and, and by the way, Bob and Al do talk. Al talks to Golden Boy. The, 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 the idea that we don't talk to each other is, is false. You know, you saw yeah. uh, a couple couple months ago, Bob, Eric Gomez, my boss, and the Oscar De La Hoya, my boss boss, all had dinner. You know, it's it's the the notion that that none of us talk to each other is 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 a fallacy, and and we do, but I also think that there's kind of uh, obligations that you have, you know, to who pays you, that kind of limits things that you do. I also think there's obligation, you know, there's kind of like, you know, almost a, a protectiveness of, you know, your company in, 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 you know, putting yourself out there. I'm from what, from what I experienced in, in the year and a half to two years that I've been at Golden Boy, we're willing to send any fighter to anywhere provided that they, you know, they get exactly what they're asking for as far as being, you know, their pay and things like that. You know, we've we've sent him out with shit. Joshua Franco won a title uh, uh, in Top Rank's backyard. You know, and, right. and went out to defend right. it again. You know, we've had Joette Gonzalez fight. You know, Shakur Stevenson. Uh, we went. He, then he went back and fought Mariaga. You know, we have no fear of that. Um, and I can only speak on Golden Boy because I don't work for Top Rank or Matchroom or PBC or, or main events. But we don't have any fear of that. And I don't think any other promoter really does. It's just everything else that's involved to get it done. You know now. Now, if we all can cooperate and have a willingness to where we can, you know, make these things happen, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe we do see these things happen down the road. The one thing I do hope for is that, you know, a, a guy like Ryan Garcia, a guy like Virgil Ortiz, you know, uh, some of our kids like Tristan Calcaruth and the Ricone brothers, when it comes to fruition and, and they're fighting guys and they see guys outside of our promotional company, that they're, that there's going to be an ability for them to fight them without too much hesitation, you know, uh, right. but it's always been, and, and, and for people to think that nobody talk, it's always been this way. Bob never talked, Bob rarely talked to Don King for a long time. They, they, it was hard for them to get, you know, fights done, said Kushner, you know, ma, you know, America presents main events. Everybody, everybody has a cut of their own pie and they're not willing to share it has happened for a long time. I think absolutely. It's just, I think it's more prevalent now because now, not only are you tied to a certain promoter, but you're also now tied to another network. So you're t if you're tied to the network, that network may not necessarily give up its talent to go to another network and, and lose out on that revenue. So they may balk at a, uh, I don't know, I'm gonna just giving an example. They may balk at a Ryan Garcia going over to fight on ESPN to fight Tiafilma Lopez because it's not in their beneficial, you know, it's not beneficiary to them. So they're going to sit there and say, no, 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 no. He's under contract to fight here. And that's where he stays. So there's a lot of different moving parts to make things like that happen. And, and I would love for it to clear. And, and one day maybe it will to where there is cooperation. There is, you know, an understanding, not just between the promoters, because the promoters, like I said, they do really do talk to each other, but amongst the networks where they say, Hey, you know, we've got, you know, this fight, you know, we're willing to do this. Let's go promote it. You know, what happened with, with um, Fury and Wilder, where it was a co-promote was fantastic. 
we need to see more of that. We need to make sure that there's an understanding between the powers that be and, and, and the, the, the networks that provide the, the, the sustenance for us, you know, and, and, and until then we're going to get a lot of separation and it's not and it. And to me, it's not really due to the fighters. It's more due to the, to the, 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 the way things are set up and built, you know, and, and until then we're not doing you guys, the fans, the service, you know, by, right. by shine, by, you know, taken away from that. And, and I really truly think that, you know, one of the, one of the things I, I would love to see in, in, you know, well, now that I work for a promoter is that those walls kind of come down and, and it becomes easier for, for those types of fights to happen. And there is talk, not just amongst the promoters, but the networks too. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought up something, man, about how um, fans, try to run drag on social media about how they know the ins and out of the business and things like that. <laughs> and I mean, I'm I glad don't even we, know. I yeah. don't even know the ins and outs. Yep. See, that's what I'm saying. Even people that are in, in the business in the industry, they don't know everything that goes on, but you, you know, you, you can't talk to these guys, <laughs> you know, well, uh, ahead, I was, I was, I was running game about Triller and they had to take their cut and, and the one of the 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 accounts pe- accounting people from Golden Boy, he texts me. He goes, "Actually, you know what, bro? That's not how Triller works." So he explained it, and I I turned around. And I said, "Shit, I never knew that." So I I mean, I learn something new every day on a paid subscription place business like that. You know, if they're charging pay per view, you get a large percent of that cut because you're not sharing it with anybody. Mm. So what Triller's doing is 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 really marketable and and so far successful, um, right? business venture because they are charging pay-per-view and it, and it is an affordable 50 bucks and you are getting your money's worth because you're getting Bieber, you're getting quality boxing. You know, hopefully we get better quality fights, you know, with Tifimo and Camboso. Um, I think there's going to be other uh, actual professional fights on that card. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> you know, you're you're, you're going to get, you know, I want to see professional fights, you know, on these and, 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 you know, kind of maybe, you know, merge it and blend it in with musical events and, and, and a, an occasional, you know, influencer versus influencer fight. Um, well, but that, the way that, I, I'm glad they brought that up because really quick, this was my last question for you was, uh, you know, Oscar uh, Golden Boy is getting, making his comeback. And I had like three names here that I, I would personally like to see him get back in the ring with. Because there hasn't been a name yet attached to him if he comes back on Triller, right? And yep. uh, I said this a couple months back when he was actually flirting about the comeback. I said Sergio Martinez, who's been active. That's the first name. The second name, I'm like, well, you know, Mikey Garcia looks like he's walking around 160, 165. <laughs> Why not, right? Let, make that happen, bro. But wow, wow, his name. <laughs> Dizzy, Mikey. Wow, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna text Mikey right now and say you, I you plan call to get out. And they're going to they're gonna kick my ass and shit when they see me and stuff. But how about, how about his brother? How, how old he is, bro? I mean, let's get them in there. I know there's got to be some. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure his older brothers have – well, his older brother has told me, I, I kicked Oscar's ass a few times. Eh? I put him in check. Let's see that. Those are the three fights that I want to see, bro. Well, I know Raul Marquez has called him out. Uh, I know Fernando Vargas has called him out. I don't want to see that. I don't know. He knocked out he, – he knocked out – uh, 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 you know uh, – oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you said uh, Vargas. My bad. Yeah, but he also – I know Raul Marquez, the Showtime announcer, ex-champion. Yeah. I know he called him out. I mean, I'm sure – it's funny because um, 
he kind of now inherits the 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 role of of a Mayweather of a Canelo where people want to get that that golden ticket and fight Oscar De La Hoya, right. you know, because yeah. he's he's a payday and and you know it's it's amazing to see the response Oscar got when he announced he was coming back on July third, um, just the reaction that people got and, and and you know some people were like fearful saying oh he's gonna get booed he's gonna heckled you know there were some. But a lot of people right, are like, right. you know, a real champion's coming back to the ring, and it, it's been overwhelmingly, you know, positive. And, and he's he's taking it seriously. He you should you should see some of the training stuff that he's doing. He's he's right. if you look at his his comments of his Instagram, he's ripped. He's got a he's already got a, a, a an eight pack yeah. going on, you know. So he is taking this seriously. Um, you know, as far as opponents concerned, I'm not too sure. Um, we're going to see some of the the marquee names that that people have asked for, but you know it, it's probably going to be a good test for him to see what he's got energy wise, and and should he be successful, you know I would see him going stepping up and, and taking on some of the names you probably mentioned. You know I think well, the one when you get in that Golden Boy meeting because I know you're going to be there. Just just remind them <laughs> Fernando, you're not that Fernando Vargas. We don't want to see that. Okay, we don't. I, I saw Fernando today, bro. He's like Fernando looked good though. I gotta admit, Fernando looked really good. You know, hitting the bag. His sons look phenomenal and stuff. I don't want to see the remake. He knocked him out. Uh, Mayorga, he knocked out him. He knocked him out. If if anything, I think the the key sell would be against his brother, his older brother, who also used to fight. You know, who so brother? He's uh, the Oscar's older brother. Powell? Powell, yeah. No. Why not? Yes, oh. why not? I talked to Howell. No. Howell told me. I just said, right, I told you earlier, Howell told me, I used to kick his ass, bro. I used to handle him back in the day. Wait, he goes, he goes, hey, when, when the homeboy, when the homeboy wanted my, my, my army man, I would slap him aside, like, get out of here, bro. You know? Hey, we got a good one here from Calix in the chat. Oscar versus Tito, the rematch. Oh. I was a Tito Trinidad fan back in the yeah. day. I would love to see that, you know? I wonder, I wonder if Tito still trains, though. That's kind of. No, I mean, he looks that's completely a long out of road. <laughs> yeah, that's a long road for him. I mean, Oscar, Oscar and started, Shane again. Yeah, well, yeah, that's one that you could do. I mean, yeah. I, I think, isn't it technically 1-1? One, one? You can have that tiebreaker. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's something that I, that actually that actually does – I think that would be interesting, honestly. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. And, and you know, it, it's funny because you know we do we have Shane's son, Shane Jr. as a uh, right. one of our fighters. He's fighting. Uh, hopefully, he's fighting J- uh, Jason Quigley soon. Um, Ooh, that's actually a good fight. Yeah, like that's that. a good fight. Yeah. That's a really good fight. That's a good fight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know that that's kind of you know bring that brings a story out. You know, so it's like right. you know. I just have a big feeling. I have a big feeling though. The announcement is going to be Oscar De La Hoya because he keeps saying it's going to be a big name, a marquee name. Mario Lopez, bro. I mean, oh, this is actually, I just Mario started Lopez. my camp. I started camp. It's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, I and it. I got I money on it. you, Ernie. I got money on you, brother. <laughs> yeah. Hey, D-Style, if you actually, have any uh, final questions here I, for Ernie. Uh, I actually uh, joked around with um, Robert Diaz, the matchmaker for Golden Boy. Um, yeah. uh, on April Fools, I said I, I'm going to put up a training video and I'm put hashtag July third, uh, hashtag De La Hoya versus Gabion, hashtag Believe, and then just to see how many people would run with it because it was April uh-huh. Fools. 
And I said, you know what? I don't want to do that because I don't want to disrespect the fact that Oscars come, you know, come back. Coming serious. back, right? Coming back. Yeah, right, it's right. serious. So I, I didn't. I, but I, t- I was tempted. I was like, because oh, I had some bro. Video. That would have been I, great. I was so tempted. It, uh, just to see who would <laughs> That would have been it. great. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Gabion, Gabion versus De La Hoya. Dude, that's actually yeah. a good ring. There's a good ring to that. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm the hashtag. I'm the A side. <laughs> 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 yeah. If, if any more questions, wrap, let's wrap it up. And, and yeah. thank you guys for having me. Oh, we thank you for giving us your time. Uh, man, I swear we have good conversations about boxing, man. Time just flies. You know, I know it's yeah. almost been a couple hours yeah. now that we've had you on. Um, but I just want to say this in closing for me, because I don't have any, you've, you've pretty much covered everything that I wanted to, you, you, you to cover. But uh, again, I'm glad that you came on because I wanted to get an expert, someone that's an expert on these gloves to talk about okay. all this nonsense that's been going around, you know, and people don't believe me. Like I, I know people that work for the commission here in California, two yep. glove inspectors. Now I can't say their names or anything like that. They, they asked me not to, but everything that you've said com- complies completely with what they say. Yep. And these are the guys yep. that stay with these fighters the entire night. You yep. know, they don't leave their side. They, they're right there with oh. them. Yeah, yeah, when they pee, they go into yes. the same. They go into the the restroom with them. They have yep. to. Yep. You know, they it, sure it, do. It, 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 it's it's comical how um, lax these conspiracy people think. You know, the commissions are. It's not. I mean, I've seen. I, it, 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 it's a thankless job because they just sit there and, and really critique everything. And it, I can see Mark Relia right there because he's he's doing the PBC card. And that's one of the most strict guys. He's he's really cooperative and you know works well with us, but he's very strict on things. He'll look at a glove and say, "I'm not allowing this glove." And he'll I'll ask why. And he says, "Well, here, look at that." Because we had uh, an issue not with my brand, another brand. And he goes, "Ernie, what do you think?" And I said, "Well, it's not my brand. I don't want to talk shit about my brand." And someone else says, "He goes, well, just do you see this right here?" And I said, "Yeah, I see it." He goes, okay, because it's just the one glove. It's not the overall model. I said, no. I said, it's just that one. I, I'll say that. He goes, okay. So he, he threw out that gloves, but he allowed every all the other gloves in as, as you know, for the other brand. And I was like, yeah, okay. So then, so they're really strict at this. So it, anybody who thinks that the commission is lax or that they're homies with the fighter or, or they just let shit slip, no, because if they get caught doing that, it's their job. And, and these guys all love what they do. I mean, they, all these guys, you, most of these guys, the vast majority of these guys have day jobs. You know, some yeah. of them are cops, some of them are, are judges. Um, you know, court, you know, court judges. Some of them, you know, do day jobs. You know, work. You know, so this is their their hobby. This is what they love to do. And and I would venture to say that that you know they wouldn't want to lose this. You know, it's it's a coveted role. The commissions. You know, it's it's a fun coveted role. And and. For them to to kind of let things slide or, or not give a shit about the job, well, why did you get there in the first place? You know, this is your hobby. This is something you wanted to do. So they take it very seriously. And 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 um, I commend all the commissions that I've worked with. You know, everybody, every commission that I've worked with has been, you know, nothing but very cooperative as to what they expect out of us in, in terms of gloves, you know. And, and we reason with them because sometimes, you know, like New York wanted new pairs of gloves for every fighter. And it gets expensive, you know, to do do that from a promoter standpoint because they got to buy gloves from us. Um, it, and so they they came within reason to where it's I think Comain and Maine are the only ones that have new gloves. And as long as the gloves are reasonably kept and clean, they you can reuse a glove. You know, and, and yeah, it's tough. It's a tough business, and and it's tough to 
you know, to, to get by with anything. It, it's really tough, you know, and, and chances are you're not going to get by with it. You know, overwhelmingly chances are you're not going to get by with it. So, so for them to, to kind of belittle the sport, belittle the fact that, that it's easy to, to cheat, you know, it's really, it, it, it's an insult to the sport. And I, I really wish it would stop. And unfortunately it's not, it's not going to stop. They're going to keep going on. You know, they just thought up a, a new one with the robes and it's embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. We have a, a, a someone in the chat asking: Is there, is there a promo code for some new uh, eighteen ounce MXs on the website? I don't know if there is or not. <laughs> if they follow me on Twitter or Instagram, they can DM me. I, I I can see what if we have it in stock, and then I can give them wholesale. Well, there you go. Um, let them know where they can find you on social media uh, for people oh. that not only live but people that will come and watch this after. Yeah, uh, for Twitter and Instagram, it's Ener E A N E R zero nine one nine. That's for both accounts. Uh, I have a Facebook, but it's for family only. So if you're trying to add me on Facebook, chances are I'm not going to follow you. Um, but those two accounts, uh, my Instagram is private, so just request it, and chances are, if you're a fight, if you're a fighter, I'll I'll follow you for sure, or 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 you know I'll give you a follow. Um, Twitter. Uh, it's open, so you can see my ramblings on Twitter. Um, you can message me. Uh, I, I will respond. I respond to everybody. I don't ignore you. Um, you know, chances are I'll tell you no. <laughs> he responds me with 10 gloves. No. Uh, come on, come on. I'm the next big thing. No. But, yeah, if you work with me, if you, t- you tell me your business, ch- chances are I'll, I'll work with you or, or I'll do something for you. Um, yeah, and that's it. And that's it. And if you guys want me back on t- discussing more gl- glove controversy, I'd be more than happy to. Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. Unless there's some new new discoveries, like I said, there's a robe gate now. They're saying that Tyson Fury used his magic robe to to massage padding away from his knuckles as well, he was going out to the, the, ring. The, the, the stitching in the glove was actually bob wire. So, yeah, <laughs> that was a hardcore match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ernie, man, we appreciate your time, man, and we thank you, and we will definitely try to get you back on in the future, man. Oh, yeah, more than welcome to. All right. Thank Ernie, you very again, much. brother, thank you as always, All bro. Right, take care, you guys. All right. You take care as well, man. That was Ernie Gavion from Everlast, guys. Man, we went on a little bit longer than I thought, so uh, I got one more topic real quickly, and then we, we're going to cut it. Um but, man, we covered a lot there, and I'm glad he came on. Shout out to Dave as well from leaving in the ring for making that happen. We appreciate you, man. Um, well, I want to ask you guys it, a question. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, I want to ask you guys a question, everyone in the chat. <clears throat> Tank Davis now moves up to 140 to fight Mario Barrios, right? Mario Barrios. All, all Rose leads. Yep. All Rose Barrios. <laughs> he's he's the regular all champion. <laughs> to one forty lead to yep. Mario Barrios. You, you got to roll that R, you funky. You know what I mean? Barrios. <laughs> Barrios. <laughs> I want to ask you guys this because look, nobody asked for this fight. Nobody asked for him to fight Leo. Right? The guys who want to see him fight, he's just not fighting. Will we ever get? Those fights that we want to see Tank Davis in, what do you guys think? Maybe. So, so like, like in other words, they're gonna milk the cow as long as possible, and once they realize, okay, we're kind of out of milk here, so we have to, like, our only choice now is to cash out. Then they're gonna cash out. You know what I mean? When that is, I'm not sure. 
Uh, it might be if he gets upset, like if Mario Bader beats him, all of a sudden they really don't have a reason to protect him anymore, right? So so at that point, we will see the fights that, that matter. And we might even see Tank improve and become even a better fighter because of it. If he does get upset and beat, because he ain't going to improve the way he's going right now, to be honest with you, you know. A lot of people have revisionist history out here. Okay, like, like yes, you know, one of my favorite quotes on here is from Dwyer from YouTube. Um, I don't agree with a lot of his predictions, but he does have a lot of good philosophy sometimes. And, and one of the lines he has is knockouts give people amnesia, right? Right. So, you know, I got some feedback, by the way, guys. You can mute yourselves, please. Thank you. Um, but if whenever a, a fighter, you know, gets a big upset, you know, uh, or, or let's say there's a close fight, right? Everyone thinks Hooker wasn't all that. So so they said, oh, this is the guy that Ramirez knocked out. Why is Ortiz going to fight him? Well, the thing is, is that that was a pretty close fight. It was a competitive fight with him and Ramirez, right? Hooker had a lot of success in that fight, but everyone forgot the success when the knockout came and when the knockout happened, when he stopped him. That's all people remember. So in the tank fight with Leo, I remember Leo was – it's not like Leo just landed a couple punches on him, guys. Leo landing combinations on Tank, right? He was lighting Tank up in that fight. Don't know. Tank fans were nervous, and they know they were. But he landed the big shot. Okay, he landed several before that, but Leo kept coming. Maybe I think Leo got a little too confident that he could take the shots, and he got knocked out. You know, it happens. And props to Tank for getting the knockout. But everyone forgets what type of a tough fight that was for Tank before the knockout. You know, it wasn't – it was so bad. You have people saying, oh, he was letting himself get hit. Oh, he was letting himself get hit. You know what I mean? And then he just – he he could have knocked Leo out at any point. But then he decided to knock him out. No. Okay, it was a tough fight. And he found a way to gut it out and win and land a big haymaker. Okay, a big home run shot to knock him out. That's what he did. All right. Now, the Mario Barrios fight, this is a tough fight for him. And if, if it's like too close to call, if it's a questionable decision, or it's getting light lit up again and he wins by, again, he, he's a big puncher. So he lands a big shot, knocks out Mario Barrios. I mean, at some point, everyone's going to have to realize that maybe this tank fairy tale isn't quite what we're being sold. We're being sold that this is the future pay-per-view star of the sport. We're being sold that he's the next, quote-unquote, you know, great. Well, I'm seeing guys, like, doing great things right now. Teofimo Lopez did great things. If you want to do great things, and then you have fighters you could fight to show us that you're great, and you're skipping all that. We have YouTube channels on here criticizing Teofimo because he says, I want to move up and I want to fight the winner of Taylor Ramirez. Oh, pfft. what? What? He, he's avoiding all the avoiding all smoke. Name me another fighter lightweight with a better resume than, than Teofimo. That's five better fighters, lightweights than Teofimo. But those same channels are excusing what Tank is doing. We have people out here excusing it. They're saying, oh, it's not Tank's fault. It's Mayweather's fault. It's Mayweather's fault. Mayweather, yeah. Mayweather's making him do it. Tank wants all the smoke. Tank wants to fight the best. But Mayweather's making him fight these fights that he doesn't want to fight. 
Well, I think that's bullshit. If he wants to make these fights happen, he can make them happen. Okay? If he really wants it, he'll go out of his way and he could say no to Mario Barrios and he could say, nah, dude, I want to fight a top fighter now. That's what I want. Give me a top dude at lightweight. He can make it happen if he wants. Absolutely. Right? This fight, in a normal circumstance, I wouldn't really have an issue with a guy moving up in weight class to fight the regular champion. But given the amount of hype we got to hear by Tank that he's a special fighter, that he's this great fighter, and that he's the future pay-per-view star of the sport, and and he's better than – like people are putting him on pound-for-pound pound lists and all this other craziness. If he's going to be that dude, then he's, he needs to be that dude. All right? If not, then I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear how great he is and all that. If he's going to be taking on the fifth best fighter in the divisions. That's all I have to say about it. Oh, yeah, well said, man. Um, Dave from Leave It In The Ring, what is your what are your thoughts on this, man? Will we ever get a fight that the fights that the fans want to see out of Tank Davis? Because this ain't one of them, that's for sure. Oh, you're still on mute, brother. <laughs> I just did a uh, day for a wait by accident. Uh, look, I think that virus is a lot tougher than a lot of folks are actually suggesting. Uh, but I'd like to go back what what Pista was saying was, um, well, this is my thought about it, okay, is uh, let's recall Castillo versus Mayweather. What did Mayweather learn? Taking on tough fights sometimes isn't the greatest idea. You know, learning how to be a matchmaker and a business guy in the sports a lot better. I think what they're doing with the Barrios fight is for Tank Davis, this, it's, it sets the bar like, you know, the needle. Is he that good? Can we invest more in, more with him? I think that's what they're doing. They want to see how he does before they move him on to bigger fights. If not, if Barrios is actually a much tougher fight, I'll guarantee you they're going to take three steps back. You're going to end up seeing him fighting a bunch of nobodies as usual. If he looks spectacular, I think we're going to see him get the fights that we're asking for. For, for in my opinion, this is the business move that they're trying to do. You know, because the fact is that there's not a whole lot of names in that roster in the Floyd Mayweather team. You know that we could go back and go like, oh, this is the guy. This guy's going to make a big difference because the truth matter is this: is Floyd has never really developed a fighter, so. The way he found out with Jose Luis Castillo uh, in finding out that there's really tough fights out there, there's actually guys that want to beat you, is the way he's finding out in being a promoter. And he's been a little bit more careful in doing it than the way he was as a fighter. Man, yeah, I I agree with both of you guys, man. It all depends on how he looks and things like that. Um, But we've been waiting, man. You know, I could say this, and this is irrefutable. These guys can say what they want. They were talking about Lomachenko like five years ago, if I'm not mistaken, four or five years ago. That, that fight, yeah, that fight never happened. You know, no. he goes to lightweight where there's a lot of competition, where these guys said all the smokes at. He fights Gamboa, and that's it. Goes back down to 130, fights Santa Cruz again. Now, look, Santa Cruz is a good fighter, very accomplished, but nobody was asking for that fight. Right. We want to see Tank against these guys, these names again: Garcia, mm-hmm. uh, like, Haney, Lopez, Comey, Nagatani, Lomachenko. If you're gonna stay at 130, there's Shakur Stevenson, right. Valdez, there's Chris Colbert. Nobody's asking for Barrios, man. 
Nobody. And, and you know what's Barrios. crazy? Barrios. Barrios. <laughs> hey, but you know what's crazy is like I agree with you on that and that. You know, because like we just had Ernesto Gavillon, and like he said, he said, look, fighters, they want to fight. Um, the guys that you start questioning that that go like going back with Tank, he goes, Hey, I want to fight Lomachenko. Remember that he like fight back. I want to fight Lomachenko. It was Floyd that came out and goes, No, he's not ready for him. We're, you know, we don't want to do that right away. You know, when when you start attaching or start putting on the, the hat of a promoter, that's when I start going, dude, um, you know, you're kind of effing yourself up. That's why when it comes to Tank, I don't hold them to that as much as I hold them to like Devin Haney, who in the beginning, from the very beginning, trust me, I know from the very beginning, his PR was sending me the youngest promoter. They didn't promote him as the best fighter, the youngest promoter in boxing. So when Devin Haney says, I, you know, I want to fight this guy and it doesn't happen, I hold that with more weight than I do with Tank Davis. That's a great point. All I know is that Tank can't live on the excuse that Mayweather doesn't want to. Like, I want to fight the best, but Mayweather just doesn't let me. Like, at some point, as a fan, I don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, as a fan, I don't give a fuck. I want to see him fight the best. And as fans, we should be demanding that they fight the best. Like, I think that's the way I see it. And that's my stance on it. And and if you're going to be talking like you're a boss and you're this and you're that and and, and throwing in the face of the fans the money you're making and how you you go for that bag and all this other shit. Okay, you go for your bag. I'm going to go for the fights. How about that? I I agree with you, bro. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. But at the end of the day, it's contracts. I mean, the whole boss generation we all know this. I mean, most people that talk about being a boss live with their parents still. You know what I mean? Most people that we know talking about being a boss don't even have, don't even have a job or not even really making money. You know, it's this I'm generation, right? I'm, you know, boss, money, boss, and they're, they're holding up fake hey, money. I do, mean, they, do they work I, for I, I, a I'm, I'm a boss in my room. You know what hey, I mean? Uh, and, and you're lucky, lucky. They were demanding that fight. Didn't you see the long lines of fans? Clamoring <laughs> and demanding for the Leo Santa Cruz fight, they're, they're, and there were chats yeah. for Mario Barrios in front of yeah. the Mayweather <laughs> offices. Hey, these guys you know work I, Barrios, for uh, Barrios, Barrios. <laughs> they work for right. uh, Enterprise Rent a Car because they give you the tools to be your own boss. All right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, it's crazy. That's I mean, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, fighters, you know. um, I, I, what I'm seeing, you know, and this is only my opinion here, is that what I'm seeing is that fight, a lot of fighters now are looking for the biggest payday is like everybody else. Like, I, I, you know, and I was talking about this just the other day uh, uh, with somebody else um, about how everybody, everybody's, everybody's digging for gold, but nobody wants to pick up a shovel, you know? So the easiest way is to ask to be given to you or promise that you're going to get this block of gold. But nobody wants to work for it. That's the generation that we're at. It's gonna take, it's gonna take, and I'm seeing this, you know, like with PBC guys, they're finally like now kind of realizing, you know what? I don't, I'm not in the talks of legacy. You know, I may get paid, I'm not, I may be making this money, but I'm not in those talks of legacy. And that irks them more because no matter what, you can have all the money in the world, but if you're not mentioned in the book that you were hoping to be in. In that that paragraph that you're hoping to be in, it's gonna it's gonna sting and it's gonna fucking hurt, you know. Absolutely. So no matter what, that's what it comes down to. Yep, 
I agree, man. And, uh, you know, we're going to wrap this one up, man. Like I said, we've been over two hours now. And um, I want to thank all you guys who came, who was in the chat. Um, every, anybody that watches this uh, in the archive, thank you. Make sure, again, you hit that like button. Subscribe if you're new to the channel. Hit the notification bell. Subscribe to D-Style Boxing over here. Subscribe to my men. Leave it in the ring. They're both on uh, YouTube here. And look at that, man. The Four Kings painting there. D-Style has uh, nice. a beautiful piece of work there, man. Um, that's good for any any man cave or or anything, you know. Any if you got your own room, whatever you want to put in there, that's that's great stuff, man. But I also want to thank our guest um, Ernesto Gavion from Everlast and Golden Boy Promotions. He came hey, on and blocky, just brother, some block on Twitter, brother. Yeah, we uh, he burned it down, man. Brought out a lot of information that a lot of these guys just simply don't want to hear because they don't want to reach out to guys like Ernie to talk to him about it. Because the guy's like, real. the guy's like, you know, he's like, all you gotta, all you guys gotta do is contact me on Twitter, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go, man. We'll it was go. a parody, oh, brother. Yeah, I was making man. fun of people that believe that shit. It wasn't me, okay? okay that's all I got to <laughs> So, uh, no show tomorrow. We did Uncensored today uh, because Ernie you know, couldn't make it tomorrow, so we switched it for him. And, um, you know, we'll have the round table Thursday, right, uh, D-Style? Yep. Round table will be on Thursday, same time, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Don't forget, again, leave it in the ring. They go live every Monday, 5 o'clock. I think wood, of course. Knock on wood. <laughs> and uh, also, Maestro A Boxing does his live at 5, I believe, Tuesday and Thursday. He does it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, hey, but, but you got to pronounce yeah. it. You know, you got to pronounce and enunciate it right for Maestro. You know, Maestro. Maestro. Ah, you know ah. what I mean? Like, if you say Maestro, like, what the fuck is Maestro? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Maestro, ah. whoa. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so again, thank you guys for being Maestro. here. Man. <laughs> and, Andrade. Uh, you know like <laughs> Andrade. Yeah. So for all of our guests and uh, my co-host East Style Boxing, this is G Funk of HCP. And we're out. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out, guys. Peace out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.